0: fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Hello and welcome to the Loaf Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club.
1: Walters is streaking ahead and he's onside! Beautiful play! That is that! What well, a good shot! Oh! Good goal! Well post for Shearer, goal.
3: Taylor has scored and that surely means it's the Premier League for Swindon
1: town now but thrust the goal by Jan Piotr Martin, Austin going. In. yes New France, New 2 Tony Swindon! Danny Wall, I will win this league anyway Richard, he's hit it, it's Cadwell!
3: Very, very good
0: to be here. It's an absolute privilege to have you on. And as I said to you off, off uh, mic a minute ago, a decanio era. So you'll be listened to by a good few people. But that's not the point. It's just good to have you on the uh, the podcast.
3: Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure to be on. Um, I've listened to uh, a couple. Um, so really looking forward to, to being involved in this one.
0: Fantastic. Well, then, if you've listened to a couple already, you know the vibe. We start right at the beginning. So right back when Paul Benson... Was but a child. Who did you support, and who are your football
3: heroes? Yeah, so I've got a, quite a weird um, back, background uh, to when I was growing up. So I I was born in Southend uh, in Essex, um, and my dad uh, is a Southend United fan, and my mum, who come from East London, Walthamstow, and moved down to, to Essex. Uh, she's a West. She she was all West Ham. Her family was all West Ham. So um, I was kind of in the middle of the two being pulled and from, one, from one side to the other. Um, and I just remember as a kid, I would have a season ticket at Southend and then the following season, I'd have a season ticket to West Ham. So, so, so brilliant, really, in terms of being able to see the whole range of, of, of football. Uh, I could go and watch Premier League football. Um, this was the sort of Harry Redknapp. Era just before um, with players like um, when I had a season ticket. So I would have been about 17, 16, 17 at West Ham when I when I started going season tickets there. So John Hartson, players like that, um, Berkovic, uh, um, Bilic, those, those sort of players, uh, just probably just before Di signed, really it was before that era. And then at South End, again I but South End I was there from, from a really young age. So my dad would take me when I was sort of eight, nine, ten years old. Um I won't reel off the players that played then because probably no one would ever have heard Come of them. We're talking we're talking
0: like um Stan Collymore. This is David Webb era, yeah. isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Stan Collymore was a massive, um massive role model of mine. Um I was in the academy when he was a first team player. So got to, you know, uh, see him quite close up as, as academy players would have done in them days. Uh, people like Jerome David Ball. Crown who Jerome Ball is it <laughs> Yeah, that's um he, he was he was there for a short time, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he actually played for West Ham as well, Ball. Um so he he sort of covered both. Um but people like yeah like Chris Powell, um Justin Edinburgh, Andy Ansar, that that sort of those sort of players when I was growing up, they were my sort of who I'd look up to um so they, they that those were the two those are my two teams and still are to be honest they still are my two teams south end i've still got got a really fond of i can't sell I support up because i don't go and watch them enough i'm not in the i live in um, bedfordshire now so i don't really go down and watch them but i do follow them they're, they're one of the teams that um i have always look out for their results um likewise west ham um and likewise you know all the clubs i've played for but yeah, so that, so that's they're my two they're my two clubs that I, I followed as I was growing up. Yeah. I
0: remember South End United because they were they were quite a decent championship level side for a good while and, and I'm always looking for a Wiltshire link. So I've got Brett Angel in my mind there because he's from I think yeah. Devizes. so he would have been centre forward. You've got other players like Steve Tilson who was there, who was there forever, wasn't he? But yeah, South End were a decent team. What was it about East Enders going to South End? um good question
3: I, I i don't know um probably I, I honestly don't know my my must have been something to do with after the war um moving out of london moving out to the suburbs and, and, and something around that i i, I don't really know is the i'm not i'm not clever enough to to come up with an answer but i should have asked my mum really that might have been the uh, the thing to do as to why why they decided to move into into south end but um yeah, no, th- th- those names you mentioned, like you say, Stevie Tilson, uh, those players. That that that's that's really my era. We, I, I fondly remember. We, I was a season ticket uh, holder at the time. We um we were Division Old Division One uh, when you had the Premier League, so which is now the Championship. But it was called Division One back then, and um, we played Newcastle at home and won four 0 and went to the top of the league. <laughs> And that was really the pinnacle for me of 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 following and United. I, I, I don't think they they've ever got back to that to those heights since. But for one, and it was only for an hour because we played early. We, it was an early kickoff. I re, I remember it really clearly. It was an early kickoff, and we played and we won. So we went to the top. But then by the time everyone else had played, we'd been we'd dropped back down to sort of second and third. But but we were top of of the old Division One for for about two three hours, which is um, which I say was the pinnacle of my. My time uh, following supporting South End back in them back in them days.
0: That's gotta be around 92 and 93, two, ninety three, hasn't it? I
3: think you're spot on. I think yeah. it's a, I think you're I think you it's that
0: year, yeah. Yeah. We we only beat Newcastle two one at home in that in that season. Um, so uh can't really uh, compare to what South End did to them. So you you mentioned there you during the Stan Collymore season, that you, you were with South End. But before you were with with or in an academy system, I know it wasn't academy, but when you were in like a, a, a development system, what are your memories of playing football for the first time? So were you in just the school team or were you in the Sunday system? What
3: What was that like? Yeah, so a quick background. Um, I'm, the, I'm the youngest of, of, of three boys. Um, I've got uh, two older brothers, one three years older, one six years older. Um, and, and along with that, we've got, my my mum's sister had two boys as well. So we had so we had two two cousins um and we were we were like thick as thieves. We would always be together, always over the park, always playing football. Um and and that's I think where 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 my initial spark for football came from. My dad was a player, he was never only a grassroots player, but we we go over and watch him and then kick about on the sidelines. Um, and I just remember my, my earliest memories are kicking about a ball next to a, a grassroots pitch. My dad playing on the pitch and me literally just chasing after a ball because my older brothers and my older, my, my, my cousins, um, one of them's five years older. One of them's the same age. But I just remember just chasing a ball. That That's my earliest memory. Never kicking it, never getting close to kicking it because I'm up again. I'm I'm sort of four years old and, and they're they're seven and ten, so they're just they're just playing their game, and I'm just running after it. Um, and that's that's all. That's my earliest memory of, of me and, and football. Um, as it goes, I think that's probably I. It was it was the best thing for me because I, I just struggled every time. I just remember playing and struggling because I was up against older people, very rarely getting the ball, um, but just loving it. I don't know. I don't know why I loved it, because there there must have been a spark. Something must have happened. I must have got it once and scored or something like that and just thought, this is brilliant. But I don't know where my love for it came, because if you look at it now, I look back and think, well, all I did was just run after it, because my my older brothers would would, would keep it and play their game themselves, and I wasn't really ever involved. I think that's a really good point, isn't it? Because my memory of
0: playing football for the first time is that I remember playing football before I'd gone to a football match and I remember playing football before really remembering other than FA Cup finals watching football religiously on whatever service they provided it must be just that thrill of running up and down that just that just is so attractive to kids when they're playing sports for the first time isn't it
3: yeah I mean we we have that kids you know it's it's they when you when when they're young and you and you pick them up, all they do want to do is get down and start walking, don't they? That's you know that's that's just the natural. So then the next thing is from walking, you start running, and you just love running because you, you've never done it before. It's something new, and I suppose it's just that that was probably what it was in my head. I just I just love running around. It was a good opportunity for me. I was out in the open field and I could run and 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 just you know just 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 be with with older people and just be good good at, good at running around. I mean as it goes as we go through my career, that was probably all I was very good at anyway, just running around. I was always, I was always good at working hard, but we're skipping ahead there anyway. But um, yeah, so, um, so really loved it. Obviously was, was getting better at it as I was going through the ages. I mean, I I, I can't think back to, to to that, that early to think about what, what, what I did to, to, to sort of get better. But I, the only thing I think about is, you know, being challenged constantly with, um, with, with having to deal with playing against older people because that's all i ever did so um yeah just got 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 good at it found a found a position as a center forward i, I played center forward from day dot really um from my first game playing under under nines i don't again i don't really know like I, I, I played for some reason as an under nine. I played in under under elevens. That was my first game as an under elevens um, team, and I was on and I was an under nine. Don't know, don't know why. I just skipped ahead. I must have been, I must have been showing signs of something uh, to, for that to happen. But um, yeah, and, and I and I was a sub. Remember it really clearly. Came on with about twenty minutes to go, losing two nil, so, so amazing how I can remember this but not other things but losing 2-0 came on scored um we lost 2-1 but loved it loved it really enjoyed it um and then carried on that season and I I scored um I scored 79 goals um in that season playing two years above Uh, and just uh, not thinking anything of it just going out scoring loving it enjoying it um and in the following season, I this was um, a team called Catholic, uh, Catholic United who, who plays sort of South End level. Um, the following season, I, I was um, I wasn't allowed to play. They they they, um, they stopped me from playing because they they said I shouldn't be playing two years above. I don't know whether back in the day. I mean, you can do it now, I think. But back in the day, they they said no, you can't. You've got to be playing in your own um, your own age level. So I dropped back down. I dropped down to um, Catholic United, but for but for my level. Um, and just yeah, just was 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 a sad... Like I said, I don't really like saying it. I don't because I'm not. That's not my sort of person. But I was a, I was sort of standout player really. I, I would and I would score quite a lot of goals. And that sort that's that alerted the um, the, skirt, the scouts at South End. And I remember them approaching my mum because my mum used to go and watch a lot of my games. My dad very rarely because he would go and watch um watch End and that would be his things. And he would come over occasionally, but. He would because uh, my mum and dad they, they they split they split um, when I was quite young so they weren't together so my mum would always come and watch my games um, so they approached my mum and said you know we'd like to um, we'd like to invite him in for a trial um, except, like I say it wasn't academies back then they were centre of excellencies so I went in um, and they signed me they signed me uh, to, to, to be in, be in the being centre of excellence um, and that's how it started really and I, I went through there from I was probably about twelve and i went right through to um to scholar and um, lot uh, i broke my leg in my first year and was out for uh about 7 8 months um and i missed a lot of my first year and when i came back um i got released which was that you wouldn't you wouldn't dream of doing it now these days but Back then it was it was quite ruthless and they was they said you've missed too much, you've been out you've been out for too long, You, you, you know and to be fair, I wasn't I wasn't the best player then. I've got to be on I've got to be honest, I wasn't the best player. I probably wasn't in the top five um of players who was in that who was in that age group. Um I had um to be fair, only one of them really made it, Adam Barrett, I don't know if you remember Adam. Um, big 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 South End United. I mean he's a bit of a legend at South End really for the games he's played, but he's been at other clubs. Um but he was in that he was in that age group. Um, but I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't a standout, and and they couldn't really see me progressing enough to, to warrant keeping me there. So yeah, I I I, I left and um, went into um, via a short spell at a team called Great Wapering Rovers, who were probably your your, your Swindon Supermarine le- level. Um, I went in there for a little while. Didn't really enjoy it because I was on the on the bench a lot and I. I, I I wasn't. I, I wasn't really seeing much um, progression, and I was quite. Um, I was quite focused back then. Well, I still am. But I was quite focused in, in and I knew what I, what I needed and I, what I wanted to do. And and I knew that being on the bench for a levels uh, like Great Way, reason, I wasn't going to benefit as much as I would be playing for a team in a lower level and but playing all the time. Um, so I was quite. I was quite focused in that respect, um, so I left and I, and I joined. I, I joined my two older brothers who were who were playing uh, grassroots. Really, it was to be fair, it was um, good, good, good level of grassroots. Like the top level in, in in Southend, but it was essentially grassroots football. And they both played there, so they said, "Come down and play." So I did. That was White Enzyme. That's a team called White Enzyme. Um, lo- loved it as well. It was it was really exactly what I needed. Um, I was getting I was scoring I was getting loads of chances because they were a good team um but I was also getting like bullied bullied at like, centre-eyes were proper proper grown men like adults and I was getting I and mean, that's what I needed um you know I, I was used to I was I was used to being the the smallest person playing you know going back to the background we spoke about but this was yeah this was giving getting me ready for for proper men's football Mm. Um, and i loved it i loved it there's something uh something strange about me that enjoyed just getting like taken out i used to love going past players and get it's weird i just love it when i took someone on and they took me out i saw it as a massive sort of compliment so um yeah it it was that it was perfect for me and i I, I scored again without wanting to sound um I scored a lot of goals. At, uh, yes,
0: you yes. did. Well, I mean, firstly, this has been really good because there's a bit of feedback at my end, so that means I haven't d- had to do much talking. But you have taken me on the journey. You can tell you've listened to uh, to a few of these episodes because you've summed up your junior career perfectly, and I thank you for it. Now, with, with White Ensign then? So after playing for Great Wavering, is Wakeling or is it Wavering, sorry? Wakering. Wakering, yeah. So... Yeah. Because I mean, when you do research for anybody who didn't start at the very top, there are always gaps in career. So, from you leaving it, was it was it eighteen that you left South End? Uh, I,
3: I would have been seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah.
0: So seventeen when you leave South End, to what the internet says you were about twenty two, twenty three. Was is that incorrect? Were you were you other than that short spell that you had before YN sign? Were you doing anything else football-wise?
3: No, so I would I would have left. Um, I would have left uh, Southend. I, I went to Great Wakering, and I was I played my second. What I would what I did there essentially was I played. I was on the bench for the for the first team really, but I played in the youth team in the FA FA, FA Youth Cup. Sure.
0: Um, sure.
3: So that was my like. So that was my second year scholar really, where I was at Great Wakering. Up until eighteen, I played the FA Youth Cup. We done okay actually. We got to um, we got to the second round of the FA Youth Cup. Lost to lost to Ipswich at uh, um, Portman Road, which was quite good for that because we they're essentially just a village side really, Great Wakering. It's not massive. It's not a massive club at all. And then after that, like I said, I left there at eighteen um, and joined White Enzyme, and I was at White Enzyme for four years. Uh, right. Uh, right. And I, and I played there, and we we progressed. We went from what's called the South End, um, it was a South End Premier Division, which is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a Saturday grassroots division. And then we moved into what's called the Essex Olympian League, um, which is almost like. Uh, is, is that a feeder for the Isthmian or something? It yeah, yeah. It, was, it is a feed, It's a feeder. I think they call it now in terms of in terms of the non-league pyramid. I think it's classed as like step six. Yeah. So if you think your Swindon Supermarines, I think that's like a step three, is it? Swindon Supermarine. So,
0: yeah, so this was
3: like step step six. Uh, yeah. So it's like it's it's right down. You're talking you're, you're talking like one man and his dog coming and watching and, and paying a fiver to play. You still you're still talking <laughs> that level. Um. But I loved it. I loved it. I really did. And I, and don't get me wrong. I always, I always wanted to be a pro, and that was. You know, everyone says it. oh, I've always wanted to be a pro, but I did always want to be a pro. Um, but at the same time, I, I was quite realistic in that I wasn't the best player at Southend, and I knew, and I knew I wasn't the best player. But I was get. I was probably the best player at White Enzyme and also, although saying that that's still that is still debatable because my two brothers were were, were bloody good players, I tell you They were one was a centre midfielder and one was a, a a left winger stroke, left left back. And they were they were really good players. So it's even debatable whether I was actually <laughs> the, the best player at White Enzyme. But I was um I was always getting better and that was what that was the main thing for me. Every year, I was getting better and better and better. And that's how, for me, when I was at that age, I was, I kind of judged success. What,
0: what was their deal then? Because I'm looking at their, their history um, between 2002 and 2008. And every season, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, they finished top in every season bar one. And the other one, they finished fourth. What was going on? Was it just a, just a decent group of lads, like you know you you're playing with with your brothers and things like that? Was it just was it clicking, or were you just outrageously for whatever better than than the opposition? Because you're scoring. I mean, I ha- I hate to guess how many of you scored. I mean, your Wikipedia's sort of profile says you scored ninety six in fifty nine games, but I imagine that short a couple of seasons because the records on online so well, what was the secret to the success I mean I know this is low level but were they all the same mentality as you where they were just really enjoying their football
3: yeah I mean when, when I think back obviously at the time I didn't I wasn't too sure because I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure of the levels of, of how good people are up the levels um but looking back now out of the out of your sort of your squad of 15 I I, I know that Nine, ten of them could have, put, could have, and should have played at levels higher. For what reason, I don't know why they didn't. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know why there's certain players that didn't play higher, um, but they, but they could have done. They were that they were good enough to do that. And the problem we had at White Enzyme was, um, and you'll probably get it at clubs um, in, in Wiltshire around Swindon, that the, the, where the facilities they had and the ground they played at wasn't adequate to, to to go up to the next level okay. you need um silly okay. things well i say silly things but it's obviously that's there for a reason but you need a, a stand and you need turnstiles and you need floodlights and you need you know and you need to get these facilities in place before you can go up different levels so we would win the league but we couldn't really go anywhere we'd we'd, we'd sort of maxed out our potential at that time to to progress unless we I mean, thinking about it now, you could have ground shared with a club and and and, t- and taken on their facilities, but we probably didn't have the finances to be honest. Um, we we players would pay a fiver. It would they would enjoy doing it, and I don't I don't think the chairman or who, or whoever was running it had too many ambitions to sort of go higher because it didn't have the infrastructure around it to probably uh, support going up and, and 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 incurring those extra costs, which it probably comes with. The higher you go, we didn't have a fan base or anything like that to support it. So it was probably a case of, yeah, it's brilliant that we're winning these things and we've got some good players and let's enjoy it while, while it's there. But we can't really go any higher than what we are. Yeah. So my observation
0: these days is you only really need, it's really hard to get back into the football uh, elite, so to speak, those top five, those top four or five divisions. And... All you really need now for a centre-forward, it seems, and you can correct me on this, is you need one good season. So if you get a 35-40 goal season, you're at least going to get trials. What was your situation? Because you are at White Ensign for a while. Were you, were you getting interest from other clubs or were you very much happy doing whatever your day job was? What was your day job at this stage?
3: Um, so I was an accountant. Um, I was a trainee accountant. Yeah. I wasn't a qualified accountant. I was trainee. So I left um, when I left at uh, seventeen. I joined a local accountancy firm in Southend, um, and from there, I, the person I work with got a job in the in the city of London. Um, and he left uh, before I did from from the job in Southend. He went up to City of London. Six months later, he rings me and says, "Oh look, uh, there's a job a, a come up in in where I am now." Go for it. I think I think you'll get it. So I I, I got uh, I went for the interview, got the job in London. So I worked from uh, I think I got that when I was nineteen. Uh, so I worked in the city of London for 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 an accountancy firm for well until I until I signed pro for for Dagenham Redbridge. So and and, and again I enjoyed it. Didn't no, no problem with it at all. I could I could probably still do it now if I if I didn't um, if I didn't turn pro. So that was my. That was my career, really, so I would work on the Monday to Friday in London, play on a Saturday, um, have a drink after the game, have Sunday off, go back to work Monday. That was my, for me, that was me for about five years. That career path
0: is the reason why many don't go into pro football, that, you know, finding your Bishop Stortford's, and I was going to say things like Bromley and Borehamwood, but they're, they're going pro these days, but that's enough because what guys earn in the city now is just as competitive as is the, the upper echelons of non-league football, aren't they? And in some cases, the lower leagues of the EFL.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen loads of stories of players um, rejecting offers to, to play, whether it be a level higher, uh, two levels higher, in some cases because it's it's not financially viable or it's not, you know, they'd end up probably having to, um, to uh, or, or, or live on less than what they're earning. So, you know, it's, and, 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 and funny, funny enough that I had that same um, proposition, really. My, my contract I signed at Dagenham when I turned pro was, was less than what I was earning in the city um and that's just how it was but I was prepared to do that um some people I was probably lucky when I was just probably at that last age where I could accept it I didn't have kids um I I was I was living away from home but I was renting in 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 London so um I had to I got I had to give that up and move back to my my mum's at, at the age of like 20 uh, 24, 23, 24. I think I was. So yeah, I had to give that up and go and move back to mum. But it was it was just right on that last knock-ins really for me that I got the opportunity. Um, but you're right. It's it's sometimes for people these days it's not it's not viable. And I've spoke to players. I've spoke to players as I as I got older and was was you know progressed. Um, who who said I, you know it's not worth it. I, I'm earning more doing what I'm doing playing part time than if I was to sign full-time, I you know, I'd, I'd lose money, but I suppose it depends what's, I suppose it depends what is, um, your priority, really, um, for me, playing football, that was, you know, that for me was, was not the be all and end all, but it was such a massive part of me growing up and what I wanted to do, um, that money was never, was never an issue for me. I've got to be honest. It was never an issue in, in, in me making a decision about what I was going to do, and it never, and it never was, as I went through my career. So um, yeah, for, for me, it was it was doable. But I can I can 100% see why some players don't do it. If they won,
1: send me off every game, no problem. I will win this league anyway because my team is a strong team. They're world. We play football. Even if they send me off, we win this league, no problem.
0: You sign for Dagenham and Redbridge, you know there's not huge money in that with respect to them. You you sign for them, and that means it's John Steele, who's a name that's emerged on this podcast a couple of times in recent history, quite the character within, within non-league football. Of course he did pretty decent stuff with Luton bringing him back as well, but he's dagging him and Redbridge, isn't he? Um, maybe, you know, more recent sins by leaving them to go to Barnet and, and so forth aside. What what was that like? Because you were going from a free scoring center forward at the Essex intermediate level to the highest level of non-league which is completely different you know so what what was that like for you
3: um yeah tough tough at the time really um like I say it came out of nowhere in all honesty um and it took a bit of time to get to get um adjusted to really uh I was playing catch up. A lot of the players who who were there had been. I mean, think Dagenham term professional or f- sorry full time. They were they were in the National League when I joined. They fought, they joined they turned full time a year before I I signed. So they they'd gone from Tuesday Thursday training um, as a part time National League club, and they were quite a successful one actually. When you they, um, under um, Gary Hill, they had a good. Good group of older players, and they had some really good cup runs. I think they they beat. Um, I want to say no, sorry, they drew with Charlton in, in like the third round of the FA Cup as a as a part time National League side, and that's really what I think you know made the club's name a little bit really. That's or that's how I remember them anyway. That's for me, and Redbridge. I always remember them drawing with Charlton at, at, at the Valley, and then again going having a replay, and they lost in the replay, and that's you know it's quite a, a quite a good memory for me that one. So. Yeah, they they turn, they turn pro uh, or turn full time. Sorry, um, a year before ice. So I, so a lot of players there had been had a year of, of full time training, and I've gone I've gone in cold. Um, I wouldn't really, we wouldn't really even train at at Whitington, I've got to be honest, we probably maybe on a on a Thursday night we'd have do a bit of fire aside, but it wasn't training as as, as you as you would imagine training being. Um, so I went there. I went there unfit, um, not ready for what you know what football at, at National League level but it's obviously evolved now but back then going 15 years 16 years ago it was still you know you had to be fit to play at that level and I was I was far from it so my first pre-season was playing catch up and I remember running Stilly had um, his pre-season Stiliad was um, first day six laps around a, a running track six six laps around a running track yeah, that was your first thing. Then you'd go into a bleep test, and you'd do that, and then you'd do. Um, it was like you called it technique, and bat, you called it bounding, but it, I, I don't know where he got it from. So you'd have you'd have two traffic cones, and um, so say they were like five yards apart, and, and and between them you'd have like a pole going across them. So you had to jump over. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd you'd, you'd someone throw you a ball, you'd you'd half volley or volley back to them, and then you had to double leg jump over the The pole and then do it again to someone who was standing opposite the other side and you do you would do these like it felt like it would go on forever it probably timed at like two minutes each person but i remember doing that first day and thinking wow i I don't i don't feel i can do this i think this is like this is too much and after the first week i went back to my i was the missus who i'm with now actually um and i didn't drive at the time i was because i would because i would i never needed to drive. I did, I never learned to drive. So I was like 23 and I and I wasn't driving. I was getting the train to the to the training. So I'd jump on the train at South End, go all the way up to um, Barking, get off at Barking and take the tube to Dagenham East, and get off at Dagenham East station and walk to the training ground. That's what I'd do. And after the first week, I went I remember going back to the Misses and I and I I just like slumped down on the on the, on the bed. And, and just thought I can't. I don't think I could do this. My my feet were in bits. My feet were in absolute tatters, like blisters. I remember. I remember her saying, "Like you look like you've got like." I Don't, don't want to say this, like, but you look like you've got tramp's feet. That's what she said to me. Like they were that. They were like blistered. The the the, the toenails had uh, like gone black where it was just wasn't used to the running. Um, and, I, and I and I had serious. Even after the first week, I had serious reservations about whether I could do it. But Eventually, you know, you get fitter and 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 things start to um, start to get a little bit easier, and that's how it worked for me. And that first season was tough, so I I, I was in and out. I didn't really play a lot. Um, we had a couple of good forwards. We had Craig Macal Smith. We had um, Trezor Candel, who people may not have heard of him, yeah, but I'm he was at the at least. Least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good player, good player. And we had another lad called Chris Moore, who. In terms of National League, he was a good, he was a good player. He got moved to Brentford, um, and he and it probably didn't happen for him there. But he was a good National League player. So I was up against these three, and I didn't really find much game time in the first year. Um, and around Christmas time, I broke my leg in a FA Trophy game at home to, I think it was Kettering, something like that, um, and that put me out till. Probably about the last couple of games of the season.
0: Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. a
3: really disjointed first year. Um, I came. I came on. Also, I started the last game of the season away at Cambridge and scored. Um, I scored like three goals that year. That was my first league goal, though. I scored in like the in the. Um, the, i the, i think it's the, i think it was the johnson's paint but it's weird i don't know because yeah, we were the national they, league side they, so did I don't know around, we were,
0: they did have around that time the the football league trophy did have like the top sides in in the in the national league because Stevenage played Swindon and maybe even exeter when they were um, when they were in the in the national league played in the football league trophy yeah
3: okay okay so that makes sense then yeah because we played away at wickham um and i scored in that and I scored in a uh, FA trophy game and those were my only two goals before I scored in the last game of the season and I had a year when I signed when I left um, my accountancy firm I signed a year with a year option but the year option was in the cup cl- in the club's favor so it was a, it was a bit of a gamble really when when you think about it but um I remember silly called me into his office on the on the on the Monday after we played that last game of the season and um, he said we're, we're going, we're, we'll take the option, and I, I was I was surprised. I was expecting to say you know thanks but no thanks. It's been a good it's been a good ride, but we're not going to carry, we're not going to carry on. But he said no, I'm, I'm going to take the option. You know how do you think you've done? I said well not great. Um, I've done i done okay when I played. I didn't score many goals. I, I probably started I probably started about thirteen games, and I came on as subs in a few. But yeah, I wasn't expecting it. But they they, they took the option on me. So. Um, yeah I I don't know why I haven't asked him to this day I haven't asked him why why he took the option but I'm glad they did yeah I I definitely
0: saw you at the latter stages of your first season because I go through in my research I have a little look around I was living in Devon at the time at university and my housemate was an Exeter City fan and I saw Exeter City beat Dagenham and Redbridge 3-1 at St James Park and you came on as a sub in that it was a good game actually you should, you to get some really good games in the National League down at Exeter. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess it's a good season. I mean, if you, if you see somebody as a project, if you bring someone up from the level where you were playing, regardless of how good you were, John Steele is wasting his time, I suppose, if he goes, you know, what, I'll give this guy a year. If he saw enough, you know, even if it's your hold-up play or etc., that's enough to get you a second contract, a second year, and you
3: know you repaid that faith quite quite handsomely, didn't you? Yeah, the second what well, a second year. I mean, as you mentioned it, it was it was probably nothing. Well, I say nothing to Dagnam. I was on I was on one hundred and seventy-five pounds a week, so I don't know what that is over a year, but the out the outlay for me what well, probably wasn't was probably worth take in another year um so yeah but the second year I, I I knew what I needed to get better at I needed to be stronger um I needed to be a little bit more mobile I needed to be a, a touch quicker I'm not, obviously I wasn't going to get loads quicker but I needed to get a little bit quicker I need to get I needed to get stronger and I needed to work on certain parts of of, of my game my, my left foot wasn't great um and I worked really hard on, on little bits and I did that in the off season. I went, I went and done a lot of work, um, like, uh, physical, physical work, not, not going to the gym and lifting weights as such, but I worked really hard to, to get strong through football action. So bought loads of body weight, uh, exercises. And, I, and like I say, I really, I really worked hard in the off season and I came back and felt really good. I, f- I felt a yard, sharper a yard quicker and i, and I was I, I was really confident in that in the pre-season um and and i started the first game of the season because of, of i think i must have impressed in training um so i started the first game of the season we won away at uh, forest green i didn't score we won one nil but i didn't score but 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 done okay um and then um we played. Uh, we played Oxford United. I think it was second game of the season, and I think I, th- if, I hope I'm remembering this right. Well. I think it was Oxford's second game of the season. We um, and obviously they just come down from uh, the, the League Two, um, so I think this was their first year in the Conference, which obviously pleased a few Swindon fans. But they, they this was their first year. We we played my home at, uh, Victoria Victoria Road for second game of the season, and they beat us one nil. And I started in that game as well, and um, one of one of silly's big bugbears, and it's <laughs> makes me laugh now, but he hated players backheeling the ball. <laughs> he just he, he absolutely hated it. I don't know why, but but he did. Um, and I was I had the ball up in the corner. We were attacking. and I had it, and I, and I saw a run. There was like an an underlapping run, and I backheeled it to um, to try and get him in, and it got intercepted, and and Oxford went down went down the other end and scored. And I thought, oh fuck, sake, Let's yeah. go. Gonna... And and no word of a lie. As, as soon as that goal went in, the board the board went up. Number fourteen because I was for, I was fourteen um, for Dagenham, and I was off. And um, yeah, he he um, he he absolutely ripped into me after the game. Like you've cost you've cost the game. What what you know you know you know I don't like back-healing, What you know what are you thinking? Literally in front of everyone. Like. You had you had to be you had to be strong, like to to survive that that sort of thing. So I was hooked, and I didn't start the next game. So it was the third the the third game we played. I think we played Tamworth at home, and I didn't start. I was on the bench, and we we won four nil. And the guy who came in for me scored two. Um. So I'm thinking, guys this is like it, it was started. It started so well. I felt so good. I still did feel good, you know. But um. Yeah and and it was only the fourth game of the season which was all to shot away and I was a sub and I came on and um, I came on with about 20 to go and I scored uh, corner Sam Saunders you know uh, yeah. made you know played for Brentford yeah whipped in the corner and I and I and I got a glance on it and scored um and and, I, and that was for me now that was the the turning point of my probably my whole career, a goal a goal away at Aldershot was probably the turning point of my whole career um, because I started the next game scored started the next game scored and then that from then on was was just my career at that level just snowballed really um, and I ended up the season as a top as a top goal scorer in the, in the conference uh, we won the league. I was the conference player of the year. Um, and it just, like I say, th- that that is a real pivotal moment, away at Aldershot, coming on and scoring. If I hadn't have done that, who, who knows? Who knows? I'm, I may have come on and scored the next, I don't know. But for me, that was where it all started in terms of my professional career.
0: Are you the sort of person who when this happens because obviously Dagenham and Redbridge were never major contenders they were they were a good National League side I don't want to say the word filler but there was always sort of standout clubs whenever I followed and then Dagenham and Redbridge had you know they'd had top 10 finishes but they just this season it just all clicked fantastic now sort of you you disclose what sort of money you were on in the first year you, you've got all of these medals and trophies and accolades and, and and so forth. This is a chance for a team to sort of take a quite an easy punt at signing Paul Benson because they've checked what their centre forwards are on and they, they, put, they find out your wage, for example, and think, well, I can bring these guys here. But of course you don't. You stay with Dagenham and Redbridge for a few more seasons in League Two. Did did was there interest were you were you just loyal to Dagenham and Redbridge or was there just nothing really out there for you because i mean even though you are young it, in terms of football you're you're sort of middle late 20s at this stage so i guess there is that gamble as well
3: yeah um i'd be a liar if there wasn't if i said there wasn't times where i could have and maybe thought about moving um the the year we got promoted from uh the the, the national league or the, the conference as it was called uh, I, I had a chance to go to Gillingham, um, who were League Two, I think, at the time. Um, but I said I said no because I was I was happy with where I was playing and I was happy with the progression that I felt the club was making, um, and I still felt I had loads to learn. I know it sounds silly. I was 20, probably 26 at that time, but I had loads. I and, I and I trusted. I trusted John that I would. I would learn that under him. Um, so that was that was the opportunity. Then we had um, we had a we had a a tough first year in the league. We 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 stayed up with um, two games to go. I think we we. We were we were playing. We we went away at Darlington. Remember Darlington? You were League two team, and they, but they were at the top at the time. We went away at Darlington. They had a lovely ground. Did you ever go there, Rich?
0: I I used to see them from the station. I never went to the arena. Um, the the original ground was right in the town centre, but the the arena, the half empty, the George Reynolds or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a hell of a thing, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. So we we, we were we, that was our last away game. Um, like I say, Darlington were pushing for, for, for promotion. We were we were down the bottom. I think we were probably in the in the relegation zone. Possibly it might have been one place above. But we were two 0 down um, at half time, and we came back in the second half and we won three two, and that and that meant we stayed up so with one game to go. We had I think we had Mansfield last game of the season, and they were and they were and they got relegated. I think had we not have won, we would have had to play in Mansfield, and that would have decided who went down. Yeah, so it was one of them. So we we done really well to turn it around. Like I say, 2-0 down, we won 3-2. Um, and then, uh, so we were a tough, tough first year in the, in, the, in the league, but second year was really, was really good. Uh, we signed a, a player, I think a few Swindon fans will know, we signed Matt Ritchie on loan from Portsmouth and he was tremendous for us, like, unbelievable. For a player who his first taste of senior football that was his first loan from Portsmouth he he came and he he was a he was a real privilege to 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 play with um he came into I remember, remember his first day in the, in the training ground he came in hi I'm hi i Matt uh, I'm, you know I'm here from Portsmouth I'm here to play for oh, okay who's this like he, he was this, this this spotty uh Blonde, like small midget, like a bit not physically great, do you know what I mean? He was a bit plump, he was a bit heavy. I thought, oh, okay. Um but when you when you see him play, he was streets ahead, even even at that young age. He scored I think he must have scored about fourteen or fifteen from 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 left side of, of, of midfield. Um and we ended up we missed we, we blew it to be fair, Rich. We 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 were in the playoffs Last game of the season, and we played uh, Shrewsbury at home, and we just needed a draw, and we got beat 2-1. Uh, this was a time when Grant Holt was playing up, up top for Shrewsbury, and they beat us 2-1, and we blew it. We dropped out of the playoffs on that last, on that last day. And, and after that year, Grant Holt went to Norwich, and Shrewsbury uh, put in a bid for me, and I... This was pre-season in the following year, and I, I went and spoke to them. Um, but I, I wasn't. I, I, it, well, it wasn't they? They, to be, they offered good money, like a lot, a lot more than what I was on at Dagenham. And this goes back to when I was saying it's never always been about money for me. Um, I turned it down because I spoke to Stilly and he said to me and uh, to be fair me, I, I've got you know I've got loads of respect for City he's, he's like for me he's, he's the reason why I play professional football and he said to me look I'm building a side we'll go one better next year but we need you to be a part of it for it to, for it to happen um, and I believed him and I know I know a lot of managers will spin spin yarn and, and, and try and get keep players but they didn't need to that, for that to me they had a good offer on the table I don't know how much it was that Shrewsbury offered but they had a good off, offer for a player who wasn't on a lot of money, so he could have easily just said yes and offloaded me. But he said to me, he said to me, look, I'm going we're going to go one better next year. I'm going to bring players in and we'll go one we'll go one better. So I stayed. I turned it down. I stayed, and we did go one better. We 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 got promoted in, in the playoffs um, into League One. Literally one better because it was one
0: position better as well, yeah. wasn't it? Because you just yeah. it's one of those one of the things that people, especially those who lose in the playoffs, tend to observe, and it's it's been quite interesting um how the playoffs when, well how they played out um in 2020 because of course Northampton squeezed in on points per game and won the playoffs and um uh, Wickham squeezed in on points per game they were dropping like a stone in reality but because they had those two games in hand they squeezed in in normal hmm. in, in more, normal seasons that that is also the case a team with the momentum just comes in right at the end and there's a team that's probably just missed out on automatics that suffers. And it, it, that, I think that's why I love the playoffs. I mean, Swindon have been, ultimately, in my adult life, Swindon have been unsuccessful in every attempt. As a kid, we won the playoffs all the time if we were in them. But now, it's not the case. But I love them because it does add to a lot. And I think football seasons would just drop like a stone when it comes to interest if if they didn't exist. By February, the season would be pretty much done March, definitely, and you guys squeeze in. You're the unfancied one, so everybody will be on Dagenham and Redbridge's side, but you've got to play Rotherham in the final, and Rotherham are, you know, they're a big EFL team with some good players. I think Adam Lafondre was playing for them at that stage, and yeah. and you get to play at Wembley, so you get from that, that broken leg with Southend to sort of coming on through at the the, the most regional level of Saturday football and here you are, Wembley. Sure, it's not a sellout, but you know, this is this is Dagenham and Redbridge against Rotherham. There would have been loads more Rotherham fans there that day. You got to do it. You got to play it. You got to score in it.
3: What was that like? It sounds a bit cliche, uh, but a dream come true. R- really, really was. Um, I pinch, pinch myself, pinching myself when I was when we when we made the final. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but we beat we beat Morecambe six nil in the first leg of the of the first playoff, <laughs> which I think is the biggest the biggest scoreline in a in a playoff in a playoff game, I believe. Or well, the biggest sorry, not the biggest scoreline because Sweden had a five five, didn't you against? You, but the biggest, Individual uh, biggest margin of victory, uh, yeah, yeah the biggest margin of victory in a in a playoff. So from that game, really, I knew I was we were going to Wembley. Um, you, you obviously never you never. Say never, anything can happen in football. But we were pretty confident. So from that moment, it was kind of wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing at Wembley. Well, all things considered, as long as I don't get injured or anything like that. But it was wow, I'm gonna be playing at Wembley, which for me was um, it was massive. It really was from from how I'd always dreamed of of, of playing and, and wanting to play to almost. Giving up that that hope at, at twenty two, twenty three of of, of of ever doing it, um, to then in that position was amazing. But I remember thinking, you this could be the night before we stayed at a hotel. I remember thinking before before I went to bed, this could be the this could be the only time you do this. Make the most of it. Don't have don't have any regrets. You you can't. You cannot go there being nervous um and I remember thinking that I was thinking don't go there and 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 let the day pass you by, make it memorable and that was that was my thoughts of um in the in the in the evening and the night before I just think I was just thinking make it memorable you've got you've got your mum there, you've got your dad there. I had my daughter there who had been born uh two years before. I have my missus there, my brothers, everyone, everyone, all the players, all the players pretty much who I played with at White i were, were there. Um, fantastic turnout to be fair to them. Um, so I had, I had a motivation, not only for myself, but I just wanted to, I wanted the people who turned up to that game to be, to be, to be proud of me. That was my thoughts going out. Um, and, We'd lost to, we'd lost to Rotherham twice in the league. I think they beat us twice, one nil. So we hadn't even scored a goal against them, and they finished fourth. I think they were they just missed out on automatic. So they were heavy favourites. And like you say, they had they had uh, Adam Lafondre, they had uh, Kevin Ellison, um, they had Ian Sharp's Fenton at the back, who were who were solid players um, for that level. Um, but we, you know as football and the, and the beauty of football that on one, in one game, anyone could beat anyone. Um, we, 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 we won the game. We won it three, two. I scored the opening goal. Um, and to this day, it's probably, uh, probably. And I I include, I include the, the birth of my children as, in, in this, and, and as you probably know, the the actual birth, the day of their birth, isn't the greatest day. It's it's the most stressful, horrible day you'll ever have. Once they come out and you're settled, it's fine. But the actual day, so I hate. I never understand why people say oh, it's the greatest day because they're, they're horrible days. I found them anyway. Um, so that for me is probably my my, my greatest day. Um, I just remember at the end of, at the end, the final whistle, the relief because. We were under a bit. We were under the cosh. It went like one nil up. We can we could see you straight after one all. We went two one up. They can they could score like five minutes after two all. We went three two up with about twenty minutes to go, and hung on, clung on. They threw a lot at us, and I just remember I'm I remember thinking, blow the whistle, ref, blow the whistle. And when he did, I, just like I've never felt euphoria like it. Um, and I just I was just relieved, happy. I uh, wanted to go up in the in the. I wanted to just like cuddle my missus and my daughter, um, just so proud, just so proud, one of those moments where I was just proud of, of achieving what, what I
0: achieved. Those sort of finals are the best ones where it's like a to and fro, you know, although how dramatic comebacks are and things like that, I think the 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2 and next goal wins is my favourite time and then, I mean... Favourite type, and you know, this is like 30,000 people where you know you go through, and which I have done, you go through Dagenham Redbridge's attendances, and even when the going is good that year, you're just squeezing in on 2,000 attendances. I mean, you beat Morecambe, as you say, there in the first leg 6 0. There was a bigger attendance for the second leg. You know, Morecambe fans still somehow. You know, I mean, I'm sure Dagenham took a, a coach or two, but just the just this is this is what people. This is why lower league football is so great that it doesn't matter. You can take an army with you, but it's about what happens on the day. And I know what lower league football is like, and I know Rotherham fans that day would would have been under the mentality. A lot of them anyway. If we just need to turn up. And and there's always that Dagenham and Redbridge out there that says, "Not today." And that's the glory of it, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the good the, you know, there's a lot. There's you know there's a lot of things you can say about John Steele, but the ability he has to psychologically put you in a pl- place where you feel you can go out and beat anyone—he's—he's he's a real skill of of, of the man. Um, and and there wasn't a player in our team. That didn't think we weren't going to win that game. I speak for myself, and obviously speaking to players after the event, we all went out and we knew we were going to win that game. We were just in that in that zone that we were going to win that game. And like I say, that that's the that's the beauty, I suppose, of, of football. It doesn't matter what's happened before. Like I say, it doesn't matter didn't didn't matter that they've beaten us in the both league games. They were heavy favourites. We 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 went out on that on that day and. We performed to our maximums, and if you do that, you give yourself a, a really good chance. And 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 we did, and we um, we create we created history because the club had never been, well, they'd never been in the in the league before, and and they that was the first time they'd ever been in in, in League One. So, yeah, really really special, really special special times with with, with that club. So you make it into League yeah. One
0: um, with a team like Dagenham and Redbridge, fantastic. You start the season. Uh, with Dagenham and Redbridge, but you do leave at this point. But I mean, from an outsider looking in, it's completely understandable. Even though it's in the same division, it's Charlton Athletic. There's no way you can ignore that. Was was this a case of now Dagenham really need to cash in to sort of bring players in, or was this now Paul Benson saying I, I can't turn down Charlton?
3: It's probably a bit of both, to be honest. Um, there was really, it was a really long. Drawn out fairly Really, it was almost from from the day after the um, the playoff final that I was aware that they were interested. Uh, Phil Parkinson was at the game um, with the Charlton chairman, and they were both keen on on bringing me to the club. But for whatever reason, it, it dragged out like a long time, all the way through the summer. Uh, all the way through pre-season. so like you say, I started. I, I played all preseason for, for for Dagenham, all the way through to the season starting. Um, so I started the season in 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 League One with with Daggers, with, away at Sheffield Wednesday. Fantastic occasion for that club, um, having been there with in the National League to walk out at Hillsborough with with that club was was a. I'm glad. I'm glad it was drawn out for that for that reason, really, just to be able to 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 say I'd I, I done that. Um, yeah. So um, there was an offer that went in that that, I, that daggers weren't happy with. Um, so it that I think Charlton had to go back. I, I I don't know what figures we're we're talking about to be honest. So I couldn't quote any. But the, they they were weren't happy with what Charlton were offering. So they had to go back and. Um, and it got to a point where it's getting so late on in the, in the, in the um, transfer window that Dagenham said, go and speak to him." So if I remember rightly, I got the OK to go and speak to Charlton, to go and speak to Phil Parkinson on, on the Friday. We had a game on a Saturday. The next day was obviously the Sunday and the Monday was transfer deadline day so he said look we can't we're not agreeing we haven't agreed a, 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 a figure yet but you go and speak to him, sort your deal out so when if we do agree the figure it's all done and we can get it done and signed off and there's no so i went and spoke to him on the friday um and agreed a deal didn't take long didn't take long we agreed a deal agreed the terms everything's sorted phil said um do me a favor don't play sat don't play tomorrow because we, we're confident that you'll be our player and the last thing we need is is an injury. I said I said to him, Look, I can't I can't promise that because I'm a Dagnan Redbridge player. Um so I went home, we had Tranmere, Rovers the next day. I went in, Gaffer said, Look, uh, Stilly said, um, look, do you wanna do you wanna play? I said, Yeah, I wanna play. Um he said, Nothing's agreed yet. We, we haven't agreed anything with Charlton, but you're our player so we want you to play and I, I said yeah I'll, I'll play I'm happy to play so played play we, we drew two all and the one the one the only thing I remember is um coming off at the end of the game going into the dressing room and looking at my phone and I've got a message from my agent so I, I look at the, what the text went, and he's just put why the fuck did you play and that's all the message said um, I just uh, I remember seeing that and thinking well that, you know that's just how I was. I just, I just, I just wanted to play, and like it could have been, it could have turned out when you know the, the, it didn't get agreed. And I, what I didn't want to do was feel as though I'd let the club, I'd let the club down in some way by not playing. That's the last thing I wanted. I think one of my good traits is I'm, I'm, I'm loyal. I'm, I'm quite a loyal person, um, and I, and I appreciate what the club had done for me. So for me to not play, I just it didn't sit right with me. it really didn't especially if I could have still been with the club anyway it just didn't sit right so that was my decision
0: they'd given you the courtesy to allow you to talk to Charlton as well so you know in a lot of the times I've talked to players about this sort of transfer you know sometimes the club especially the, the, the smaller club Are really digging their heels in and going, "Well, we're not accepting it." So you know it's business as usual. But they've at least allowed you to go and do the personal terms. So they're being genuine enough to know that we are gonna, we are looking to sell you. We will sell you if you, if we get the fee. Go and talk to them because sometimes they don't do that bit. And I Mm -hmm. think if they didn't do that bit footballers at that stage no matter how loyal they are are going well hang on no after everything I've done for you I'm gonna I I can't play for you and they they try and push that move across so I mean Dagenham and Redbridge have done nothing to you to warrant you to go to go no you know because I've done you've let me go and talk to this club so now I'm gonna go and play for you as long as I'm a Dagenham and Redbridge player which I think is perfectly understandable and you know footballers play football so let them play football and if you sign me, I'll play for you.
3: <laughs> you know, yeah, so. no, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It wasn't, like I say, it was It never sat right with me not to not to not play. So yeah, so um, Sunday comes around, uh, get a call from my agent. Agreed, done. Uh, both clubs have, have agreed. Uh, stilly rings me up about twenty minutes later, possibly says, "Look, it's all agreed. It's on you. We, we can we can we can say no." you can you can say no or we will be happy we we'll, we'll, you you know it's not a money thing for us we we the money will be will be good but if you want to stay you can stay or you or if you want to go you can go Ring me back i think you probably this was probably about uh, you know yeah, uh probably about three o'clock in the afternoon Ring me back at eight o'clock tonight give me the give me the decision think about it let me know and i've got to be honest rich um there was, a deci- there was a decision, and it sounds stupid because Charlton and Dagenham and Redbridge, with all due respect, there's, there's not there's not a decision to be made in terms of in terms of the the calibre and the the history of the clubs. But I had become so so fond of the club and every and everything about the club, the people at the club, the people who worked at the club, the supporters of the club. I had a a really good relationship, a fantastic relationship with with everyone at the club. But, and and probably the overriding thing was, I I felt from my own career, hit the the ceiling of what I could have achieved and become as a player at at Dagenham Redbridge. And I was 29, but 30 that year because my birthday's in October and I didn't want the regret of not doing it. I think I would have regretted not taking the opportunity more than if I'd have taken the opportunity in it and it didn't and it didn't work out, which is pretty much what happened. But uh, so uh, yeah, I rang Stevie back, said look, it's, it's a it's a yes, I'm going to go, and he, he just said look, you go you go with my best wishes, um, and and that's to be fair, that was all I, that was all I, all I all I wanted really. Um, so I signed for for Charlton on the Monday. The transfer deadline day and um, believe it or not Tuesday the tu- Tuesday night who do who, who we have in the uh, Johnson's paint trophy we had Dag- we had Dagan and Redbridge at, at the valley for my i first- <laughs> I've, I've been at the club and, and and Parkey and I still I still hold this against him Parkey said to me you won't play in that game he said it would be too much too early uh, we'll leave you out but he, but I turned up on a Tuesday and he starred me. Couldn't be, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Twenty four hours earlier I was a Dagger and Redbridge player. Now I'm and now for my first game for Choan, I'm playing against Dagger and Redbridge. My my head was all over the place. Would you have celebrated, yes or no? Um, no. <laughs> Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft and welcome and I'm on Loath Strangers. It's
2: so hard for a Norwegian. Love Strangers.
0: Okay, so Charlton, here we are. And, you know, we've been talking a while and we haven't even got to Swindon yet, but that's the glory of your career. You did so much before even getting to Swindon. Charlton Athletic is a season in and, in a, well, you know, just less than a year, give or take, playing regularly. What's it like going from when you're at Dagenham Redbridge, you're getting the Matt Ritchie's of the world. You know, you either have you, the players that that are at the start of their successful careers at Charlton, you get players that have been there, done that, you know, and they're either on, they're either, you know, going downwards in their career or, or they are very well paid third tier footballers. How did that compare to what you experienced at Dagenham and Redbridge? And was it difficult in that respect?
3: Yes. Yeah, it was, it was, it was difficult. Um, I think one of the problems for me was I never won over the fans. Um, one as, as you as you as you probably know, one of my one of my strengths was my, my, my work ethic and my work rate. Um, but that that was enough for me in that initial my initial first year at Dagmar Redbridge, that was enough for me to you know, and myself to, to the supporters. It wasn't enough at Chelton um and I, and I actually started okay at Charlton I, it, I didn't score in my first four but I then scored in my fifth and then by i think by like 14 or 15 games I had seven I had seven or eight goals so i actually started okay but I never I never won over the fans and I, and I struggled with that um I feed off positivity and I like to feel that People are behind me as a centre forward. I think it's natural that you want, you know, you you you'd like to have your, your your supporters behind you, and makes you feel a bit more confident. I was always someone who who needed that confidence boost, um, and I didn't get it, and I and I struggled in that respect. Like I say, I was happy with my with my goal scoring. To be fair, I, up until Christmas, I was um, I was top goal scorer for the club, and I, so I was I was happy with that. I just I I had this niggling fans just weren't they weren't taking to me. Yeah. Um and it all it all kind of went downhill for me at, for Charlton on, on New Year's Day. Um we had uh, Colchester away um at their uh, whatever you call their stadium. It's not it was not Lair Road, their new their new place. Um the community stadium or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um and we had their New Year's Day um and I scored. We, we drew three all. Crazy game, like a bit like the playoff final. Went one nil, and then and I scored to make it three uh, all, I think. And then I scored again to make it four three, but it got disallowed. And I was I, I remember I was I weren't happy with the decision. It, I think I rose at the back post and I put my arms on the defender and, and headed back across, and it went in, and he, he gave a free kick. I remember not being happy. Um, and in the last five minutes. I went in for a challenge. It wasn't the greatest challenge, Rich. I've got to be honest, but it wasn't a red. I don't well, I don't think it. But he gave me a red, so obviously it was. Um, and that's and it went downhill for me from there because Chong got taken over, um, and the new owner got rid of Parky. Uh, and we were doing okay at the time. We were like top five in 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 League One. We were doing okay, but he wanted a new manager. And funny enough, we played um, we played Swindon. On just after New Year's Day, on the on the on the on Sky, and we got beat four two. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he got sacked after that, and uh, and I was I was suspended. So Chris Powell came in as a new manager, like the next next week or so, and I was suspended for three. I got a three game ban, I think it was. So I couldn't appear in any of his teams, and. He brought in uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, and then he brought in uh, Jason Yule to like uh, to, uh, in in the January deadline. Um, and I went from being kind of first choice striker to um, to like third choice, and I, I I didn't I couldn't force my way back. Uh, when I came back from suspension, I was on the bench and coming on, uh, and I started a couple of games. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't get I couldn't really get back in and it wasn't it just wasn't happening for me and I think I played I think I started away at MK Dons and got sent off again and that was and that was that was pretty much the end for me um, at the club Um, I I went into end season ended um, started a new season I went I went away with the club on pre-season so I was still part of it and then I played a pre-season friendly out Aldershot, shot, scored in the pre-season friendly, and I thought, oh, okay, I might have a chance here. And the next, literally the next morning, we went in and trained, and I got called up to the gaffer's office, and he said, um, "Yeah, we've accepted a, a bid from Notts County for you. You're you, like, you're free to go." Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and it didn't. To be fair, it didn't. I, I didn't end up going there. Uh, for, I don't know how long we've got, but there's a real sh- funny story with Martin Allen. Um, he was a manager of Knox County at the time. To, I'll cut. A re- I'll cut a long story really short. He offered me a. He offered me a deal over the phone. I thought this is a um, but it was a. It was a great. A great deal. I thought this is. I speak. I remember we we met Martin. Me and my agent. We met him at South Mims on the m um, on the m. Uh, M one M twenty five yeah M twenty five South South Mims A one I think it is on, on that service station. We met him in a in a in a service station, and he offered us this deal. He said, "Yeah, sign and and we'll give we'll give you this." And we're looking. And me and my agent were looking, right. thinking this is. Um, it was like three years on good money, like um, 4500 four, £4, thousand five hundred pound a week. It's like good money for for me at that at that time. Um, and I was, and we were like, yeah, okay. We can't. He goes, can't just. They had a pre-season friendly at home to ward. He said, come up to the game, meet the chairman, and we'll sort it there. So I was like, okay, no worries. Um, my agent couldn't go, so I went up there with me with my mum and and my brother. Um, he, he, my agent was like, just go up there, just get it done, and then let and bring me on the way back. I went up there, um, met the chairman and the chief exec. Chief exec was a guy called Jim Robwell. Who's been at a few other clubs, and we went into the um, my mum, well, mum's a big West Ham fan. That's why I took her up actually, because she was a big West Ham fan. She loved she loved Martin Allen. So I said, "Oh, that, that you know, can't." So she met him in the, in, the, in the in his office before the game, and that ticked that box for me. Um, but then at halftime, I went and I went and met the chairman and, and the chief exec, and we went into this boardroom, and they were like, "Right, um here's the deal," and he and he and he giving me the piece of paper, and I looked at it, and I was like, "That that's not what." I said to him, "That that's not what Martin said." They were like, "Oh yeah, don't don't worry about what Martin said. Like he he says a lot of things. Like this is the deal." I was like, "Well, I'm not." And to, and the the money was was it wasn't half, but it was like it wasn't nothing like what 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 they'd said it was going to be. Um, and he was and uh and he said, "I said no, I can't sign this." I said. My, well for one my agent won't, won't be happy if I, if I sign this and, and get that done and they were like well take it away we'll send we'll email a copy or whatever to your agent but that's that's the deal so um, I just phoned my agent on the way back and said you're never gonna like you won't believe what I've just had it's a completely different so we took we, we said no no thanks like one it was we we weren't Martin was, Martin was upset but we was like well we, I don't really appreciate the being, being lied to like that, do you know what I mean? Just to get just to get me up to the club, and so I felt it was a bit of a waste of time. Um, so we we turned that down. And I, so I stayed at Charlton. Um I played actually played one. At, we, I didn't start the season, but I played in one of the um, uh, League Cup games um, at home to Reading and scored. And 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 to be fair to Paulie Chris, uh, he he said to me, he said like, oh, I might have, we might have to have second thoughts now about about what we do with you. Um, But then in the the next, in the next um, league cup game, we played uh, Preston, Preston. Yeah. And I, I I broke my wrist. Um, I went with a challenge with Clark Carlisle and had to come off. I think I came off just after half time or something. And that was, and, uh, and that was the end, really. That was the, that was, I, I I was out for sort of uh, a month and a half, two months, um, and that was my time. time Charlton were flying at the time; they were doing really well up at the top of the league. Um, and that's when when Swindon come about.
0: In in relation to
3: the the, the contract
0: shenanigans with with Notts County, do you think there is a footballer that would just sign it because they're like, "Well, I'm here now," so you know? Do you think Do you think that's
3: ultimately yeah. what they were doing? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I can I can totally see that. Um, but speaking to, I've spoken to one other person. I, I don't, I'm not not loads, and I won't name him. But he had the same experience <laughs> as a as a pro, and he said, "Yeah, done." The, I, I had the same with Martin. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a Knotts County or whether it was when he was at Gillingham as a manager. But he said exactly the same thing happened. Yeah. Um, so he's got his he's he's got history of doing it, but. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't overly impressed. I've got to be honest, and and it did seem to me like that was the case. Get him up here, uh, it's a it's a three hour journey or whatever it was, two and a half hours. He'll, 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 he'll sign it no matter what. Um, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. I think Notch I think Notch County were lead two at the time. Um, and that's... yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't something to be honest, that I was, I was prepared to do.
0: You've got to move your family and so forth. It's it's not, you know, there's always more to it, isn't
3: there? Yeah. And like, and like I've alluded to, trust, trust and loyalty are quite big things. They're quite good like, values for me. Um, and that didn't display great trust and, and whether I can trust the manager who's going to, who would be prepared to do that. I, and I've got nothing against Martin. I'm really good friends with Martin. I I've, I've speak to him and we, we've, we've, um, We've had conversations uh, since, and and I'm, I've got no problem with mine, but it's just the yeah the the issue of of trust and that would would have been a would have been a problem probably. Yeah.
0: Richard,
1: he's hit it and it's deflected, and Swindon Town have the lead.
0: You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> okay then. Well, that brings us. Lovingly to Swindon Town Football Club. So, the backstory from our side of things was of course, our marquee centre forward for the 2011 2012 season was supposed to be Leon Clark. Leon Clark instantly fell out with Paolo DiCanio and co very, very early on um, and was bombed out on loan. I think he went to Chesterfield on loan, scored loads of goals with them. But Charlton, who, as you say, they're a flying, they take interest. And you become a part of that negotiation. What, what do you remember of that part of joining Swindon?
3: Uh, yeah, well, well, that was never going to be the case because I was I was due to sign for Bradford City. That was the club I was going to go to. Um, in uh, uh, it was at the end of the loan deadline, so I think it was like November time, possibly. Um, so I was up there. I stayed up there. Phil Parkinson was the manager um so he 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 wanted to he wanted to take me to Bradford I went up there the the night before stayed in a hotel ready to sign the 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 contract on the on on the next day um we went up spoke agreed a deal everything was fine I stayed the night went the next morning to get it finished and I turned up I think this was a Thursday or Friday I turned up and um they said oh there's a problem." medical shown up that you've got um issue with your knee i was like yeah okay i, I know about that i'd had i had um i had two knee ops i'd had some um cartilage taken out of of, of, of one side of, of one of my knees so that they said well we what we're looking to change the deal um we're gonna we're gonna offer Charlton less money and we're gonna take a year off your deal because we're not sure your your knees will will, will cope I said I said that's I said that's nonsense. Um for one, Charm won't agree with what with what you're gonna change the deal to. And two, there's not I haven't got any issue with my knee. Um or you know, I obviously have to say not, but I I I felt no ill effects from it. Um so they said the the, the chairmans were like, No, this is what this is what we're gonna do. Phil Phil brought me to us to one side and in, in a room, just me and him, and said, Look This is the best they're going to do. Um, I I want you to sign this deal. And funny enough, as he was saying that, my phone was ringing. And it was just down by the side of me. And it was Alan McCormack. I thought, that's strange. Why is he ringing me? Um, And anyway, Phil was like... I said no. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna sign it. It's, it. it's again going back. It was. It was a year less than what we agreed. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna take my time. I'm not. am not. I'm not gonna sign it now. I felt a bit like what you were saying. I felt a bit pressured. Like they got me there and they're saying now we've got to do this. I was like no. Nah. Um, so I came out and as I was coming out, I, I I phoned Alan back and I went back in the main room where my agent was and the two chairmen and, and Phil were back in this like main boardroom. So I went. I went over and I phoned. I phoned. I said, all oh, right, Al." He goes, um, have you have you signed anything yet? I was like, no. He said, um, Swindon, Swindon want you to come down. I said, all right. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in uh, I'm in the Gaffer's office now. I'm in, I mean he was in Paolo's office. He said, I'm in there now. Can you come and speak to him? I said, well, not really. I'm in um, I'm in Bradford. I said, I can't. There's no way I because this was this was tra- this was loan deadline day. Um, I said no, nah, I can't. There's no way. He said, "Well, they what? They want to sign you?" So I was like, "Okay." He said, "Well, he said, can you get anything sorted?" I was like, "Right, well, leave it with me." I said, "Because um, I was quite, I, I was quite interested. I, I'd seen that the club were doing okay, um, and, I, and I, I was quite interested in the move." I said to my agent, "I said, oh, I've just had this call from Alan. Said, I said, do you want to check it? So it's okay. It's like it's real. Like they do want me." So he phones. He he's got. Um, I don't know if you remember, but Paolo's got had an agent called Phil Spencer. Uh, yeah, Phil Spencer, and he had his number. He said, "Oh, I, I know, I know Phil Spencer. I'll ring him." So he rang him, and feels like, "Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's legit. We we want him. We want him. We're looking for a player. Um, we want to sign him." And we was like, "Okay, no problem." And we and we and we literally, Rich, we 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 said to him, "Look, we're not doing this deal," and we went. and we bombed it down the. Um, what would it be, the M M one. Bombed it down the M one. And we got it was getting it was about four o'clock and the deadline was five. And we 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 had to pull over into a service station, Holiday Inn or something like that. And the the club, Swindon, sent the contract via a, a scan or, or a fax to the to the Holiday Inn where we were saying we had to give the details. This is where it is, this is the fax you need to send it to. They sent it. I signed it. This was a loan. This is a loan deal, by the way. It wasn't a permanent. Deal, so it was just a loan that took me uh, to the end of the season. I think. So I signed it, faxed it, or, or scanned it back to the club, and um, and done. Had done. Like we did it there and then. So I spoke to Paolo after we'd sent it. He ph- he said he phoned and said um, all done. Said yeah. He said come down tomorrow. Train. We've got uh, Morecambe on the Saturday. He said we'll get we'll get you involved. So I from there I went back home quickly, grabbed some gear, went over to Swindon, stayed in a hotel, um, and trained on the Friday for the for Swindon. Um, and then after training was uh, going back to the club because we. Ate. We trained in Linton and then went back to the club. And ate at the club, so I was back at the club. And then, um, uh, who was it? Um, Maurice. Yeah, that's sorry. That is. It was Marie. It was Marie. Yeah, she said um, problem. We have got a problem. The 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 scan. The FA said it was one minute past five that they received. They received it. Um, so you're not you're not eligible. We can't we can't play you. So I, I had to go I had to go back to Cholon. So I uh, I went from there, literally went drove home, went back to Cholden, gutted. Um but Paolo said to me, Look, we want we want we want you here at the club. So when January the first comes, we'll 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 get you back. Um and that and that and that's what happened. Um so I sat literally just trained at Cholton for two months. January the first came, bang. Straight down, deal done, deal um, signed in in a part exchange for for Leon, which I don't think was the case to start. I think it was just going to be me on loan to January or, or to to end of the season. But Leon wasn't going to go. To, that was never going to be part of the deal. Then in the two months between November and January, I think the two clubs come together and said, "Look, let's try and do this permanently." Um, so Leon went Charlton. I went. I went. I went Swindon. Yeah. So that's how it came about. I, I would have. I would have joined on earlier, um, but I missed it by a minute. Wow. So
0: okay. So that that's really interesting. So and it's interesting because you know the the people that I talk to usually they they arrive in either that summer where DeCanio Canio comes in or they play for Swindon before you. Pretty much get straight into it. So you went, you had at least a training session. So and you had a former teammate in Alan McCormack there as well, and also Matt Ritchie, of course. So it's it's odd because a lot of people talk to me about how tough, how demanding Decanio was. But it couldn't have been anything that you're not used to when you had that first training session, or was that something that you wanted? You wanted that sort of a that sort of coach, that ruthless. I'm going to make you better, but you better bloody listen sort of, sort of approach to football coaching.
3: I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, and, I, and I enjoyed that, that type of management. Um, I was always that way inclined. This is what you've got to do. This is the way I'm, you've got to do it. And, and I always reacted well to that. Um, I was always good with instruction. I could always take on board what someone said, and I could always try and do it, deliver it to the best of my ability. So, in that respect, Paolo was, was perfect for me, really. Um, and I've, I, as, a, as a as a manager, he was fantastic for me. He, I went there. I think my first game was um, AFC Wimbledon. I think we won 1-0, 2-0 nil, nil, possibly. Cad, I remember Cads scored a free kick. Uh, I can't remember anyone else scoring, so I think it might have been 1-0. Alan Connell might have made it 2. Did he? Right.
0: Yeah, I think it was 2-0, yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, But this is this is the key thing here. You arrive at Swindon right at the halfway point and, you know, we're doing really well at that stage, but we're still about nine points adrift of top spot. So it's not this formality that Swindon are going up or going up as champions at this stage. So what was the
3: squad like at this point when, when you arrived? Um, it was good. It was, I was impressed, actually, Um you had uh, I, I was immediately impressed with with cats. With I, I remember him one of my first sessions him standing out. I loved um, smudger Jonathan Smith. He was my my type of player. I, I, I thought he was fantastic. mix him with, um, with Simon Ferry. I thought the dynamic of those two w- was was really good, and uh, um, obviously Matty, who I played with, uh, um, Maca, who who I played with, Flinty. I thought the, I thought this this team has got a really it was a it was a it was a much better team than the one I got promoted with 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 Dagnum and Redbridge. So I looked at it and thought this is mu- this is a much better team. Obviously that doesn't mean doesn't count for everything because you've got to have you've got to be mentally right as well. But I just thought, with this team, we've got a really good chance. I don't know where we were when, when I joined. Um, would were would we about 4th or 5th? We We're in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so so the foundations was, 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 re- was, was really promising to have a real good end to the season. And I'm, I'm, Paolo said to me, we're just looking for... I thought, because of, of his accent, I thought he said, we're looking for an angry striker. I thought, well, that's not really me. That's not like obviously I'm when I'm playing, I'm quite fearless. But he actually, he actually said, well, now now I'm, he actually said hungry. He's like, I'm looking for a hungry striker who who he been, obviously was like was 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 keen to like um, score and progress and be that sort of. Pre- so um, yeah, that I, I got confused with what he's saying there, but. He 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 I think I s uh, I come I, was, I come on as a sub against Wimbledon and um I came on as a sub against Wigan in the cup. I think I came on at half time. Um and you know when you're talking about when I spoke about winning fans over and getting that getting that feeling as a as a forward, that game for me was my what I felt introduction to the club and and, and winning the fans over I felt I felt really comfortable right from the start really strange because completely opposite to how I felt at Chowen I felt really uh, coming on got a good reception coming on at half time and well look it wasn't it's not it's not the best goal I'll ever score in fact it's probably one of the luckiest goals I'll ever score and I was probably half a yard offside as well Um, but um, for an introduction, and I remember again, my mum was up for the game. um looking to, looking to meet De Canio. Absolutely, yeah, and she did it towards at the end of the season. But um, yeah, we we yeah we we had a re- we had a really good night after that after that win. We went and had a meal. Me, and missies, and, and my mum and, and my daughter, and it, yeah, it was a really good introduction to the club. I I felt I remember sitting down at that meal thinking. I've got I've got a good feeling about this. Um obviously it helped scoring the winner against a Premier League team in the third round of the FA Cup, but um it was just yeah, I at the end of the game I felt you know the fans were brilliant. I thought, yeah, I, I had really good expectations for the for the remainder of the season. I think I think the difference between what you
0: experienced at Charlton and what you experienced at Swindon were Swindon were 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 playing really well, the Decanio feeling, you know, there were there were fans that didn't like decanio for for things that were non football related, but most of most of the fans were united with the enjoyment of what was happening on the pitch. With Charlton they were a tired third-tier side when you played for them that really shouldn't be in the third tier. So they, you know, they lost to Swindon in the playoffs a couple, a year or so before. They were just getting, you know, that weary feeling of like, why are we here? And Sheffield Wednesday have had that. Leeds had that. Loads of teams of similar size. And Swindon, you came in at a great time and how better to to get involved is to score one of, you know, Swindon are rubbish in the cups. Um Absolutely bloody awful, usually. And Wigan then were a, a stable Premier League team. I don't think many other shocks happened that weekend because I remember, like, all the podcasts, all the TV shows were so centric. And even I, because I'm a similar age of you, we're going to a fourth division team in my mind. So I I couldn't really enjoy it as much as maybe I would have enjoyed an Everton win or something like that. Because in my head, I just remember like them being just a just a Third, fourth division team, but it was a wonderful. I mean, Wigan don't lose an FA Cup game after that for about two years because they win it mm. the next year and they get to the yeah. final the year after. But I, I just remember just that feeling of excitement because, of course, we fell behind. It's a, it's a, it's a packed out county ground which is always great, and it, it was at a time as well where the momentum was really beginning to gather. Of like we're going up, and we, we may be seventh or sixth now, but we're going up as champions.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I got those, I got those, um, those vibes really early on. It was, I felt, I felt that the, the club were, and the players really felt that this was their year. You know, like you say, you got, you got the, the the main man at the helm. You say there's people that didn't really, weren't really enamoured with him, but as a player, you, you never got that feeling. You, you felt that everyone was behind him um, and everyone was was uh, loving the fact that he was the club's manager that's the feeling I got as a player um, I never got any real negative vibes towards him certainly not in that certainly not in that season um but I think um, after that cup game did we go on like a 10 game winning run
0: not quite something like that. Not oh, quite, right. unfortunately. Um, oh, was it, it was nine? it was nine. Well, we 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 play twelve games. We win eleven of them, and which is the game we lose?
3: Yeah, and one of the first things I remember going into uh, that uh, AFC Wimbledon game, I think it was my first game. You know, as you come in as a player, you go through um, the, the, the the doors uh, of the county ground. You have to walk up the thing, at the car park, don't you? And you go, you go right one of the first things don't lose Oh, don't lose to Oxford that was one of the first things that was said don't lose to Oxford and um I I, I didn't know I, I wasn't aware of the rivalry really between the two clubs because they're not like um they're they're, they're they're close aren't they but it's not um you know they're not on each other's doorstep so it wasn't something I was aware of although that said after the game I, w- I was well aware of it um police escort to the game one again, my mum was at the ground. Um, and she, she, she was touched. She told me about seats being thrown into the Swindon end. So I was well aware of, 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 of the rivalry after that. <laughs> um, and to be fair, to be fair, Paolo had, um, had made players aware of how important the game was. Um, and yeah, probably I, I don't have many I don't have many regrets in a Swindon shirt. I have I have Oxford away and uh, the JPT. They're probably my two main regrets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know what happened to us that day, Rich. I've got to be honest. We we were as prepared as, as, as we could have been. Um, they had a match. and to be and and, and Carlos, We had a meeting on the Friday. And you may have heard this story, or you may not. But Powell used to go through every player, really, um, in, a, in a pre-match analysis. And, and you know, this his, this player is this. He does this. He likes to do this. And he got to he got to Constable, and he said, um, this player will get sent off tomorrow. He said, this player will get sent off. He said, the atmosphere will get to him. He said, he he likes a niggle. He said, he will get sent off. I promise you, he will get. sent And those are exact words he said. I promise you, he'll get sent off. And twenty minutes in, it was about twenty minutes in. I reckon it was early, wasn't it? Eleven. Oh, really? 11, that early? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he gets sent off. And I'm, st- I'm standing there thinking, he's, he's told us this. Like he, he that was, the, that was the, that was the, the genius of the guy, really, um, and. And we we choked, to be honest, and that's the only thing I can think of. We we choked, um, and it's and it's difficult to say that because we had a good group, and I didn't think that we were capable of that. But we, the, I think the occasion got to too many of us, um, and we didn't deal with it as well as they did. And we should never have lost that game to ten men. Um, but yeah, that was yeah, a that was a yeah, real disappointment.
0: It, 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 constables sent off ten eleven minutes in. And then by the time the 20th minute arrives, we're 2-0 down. It's really odd, the Oxford thing. It's interesting because, you know, take away all the tribalism and and all the sort of goading and things like that. I genuinely do believe over the last decade or so, um, Oxford, United, regardless of who owns them, who manages them and who plays for them, whether it's their fans, I don't know, but they have been much better than Swindon Town at just just highlighting the importance of the game you know Swindon haven't really other than the the game that happened before in in the just before you arrived when we lost at the county ground 2-1 we've not really come close to beating them in the league and we haven't played that much but not even in the cup games they've always had that little bit more incentive and I can never put my finger on it because Swindon historically do have the edge on Oxford. But in in the 21st century, it just feels like it means more to them. And we don't have any other big rivals. There are other teams we look towards like Bristol City, Bristol Rovers and Reading. But Oxford, for whatever reason, it's always clear from from this moment the whistle blows for the start of the game that they have that that just there's that little bit more that they want it just that little bit more and and though that game encapsulated that because you sort of when when Constable goes and we'd had all that ding dong with trying to buy Constable that season you're sort of rubbing your hands together and going this is it finally we're gonna we're gonna absolutely tank
3: them and boy <laughs> it, I yeah mean, that was a it was a result out of the blue really wasn't it no, I think very much so. Because of the run we were on, like you say, um, their main man getting sent off. I don't know. Well, maybe we're maybe maybe as a collective group, there was that sigh of relief for thinking, right, we we, we we'll win this now. You know, it, it'll be it'll be an be almost like um, you know a, a formality. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do as a, as a player um, is expect something to happen. And maybe too many of us expected someone else to 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 step up and produce, and no one did. Um, and yeah, we got, we got, it was, it was a fair result, wasn't it? I mean, you can't make any, you can't make any excuses. It was just a bad performance and Paolo went off his head. Um, he wasn't happy. He was, uh, he, he was booting, uh, metal, he was booting the metal skips. He, he was, and to be fair to him, it, it wasn't his fault. He, 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 he showed, he, you know, he told us the importance of the game. We were, we were well aware of, 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 of what we needed to do. And we didn't deliver, and he was he was he was angry. Um, but on the on the arrival back to the county ground, he he pulled me, Macar, Cads. Uh, I think we were the only three, and he said, "Look, I'm I'm pissed off, but this this uh, we get get this get the boys over this quickly, and." Get us ready to get promoted because we're going to get promoted. We'll put this behind us. If we get promoted, then this will be forgotten. Um, and he said, "Look, that's the message I want from from to the players. Um, we we go out, we forget about it, and we concentrate and we get promoted. If we get promoted, then that everything will be okay." And to be fair, he I think he was I think he was right to, to do that, and it almost refocused because we were all pissed, we were all really really upset and, and, and annoyed that we allowed that to happen, but. I think that refocus about. Look, this is this is this is a a blip. You're going to get this, but let's let's go and finish the job off. Let's go and get promoted, and then that will go some way to making up for for for, for that result.
0: It probably helps that we've got oh, yeah. Dagenham and Redbridge at home in the next game. Unfortunately, who aren't having a good time, and and you score against your former club.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't aware that was the next game. Well, that was a Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember the game. I, I wasn't aware that that was the next game. But yeah, it was. Um, again, oh, I, I found, I find, I, I found it difficult. I think that was my first time I'd played them. I'd, I'd been back and play. Uh, obviously, apart from sorry, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. tell because I played against them for Cheltenham. Um, but yeah, no, I felt I, 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 I didn't enjoy games against Stag and Redbridge. Um but uh, yeah we 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 won it was comfortable wasn't it we won uh 3-0 that was the game i um so i went out for a header second half towards the end of the second half or middle of the second half and i landed i landed uh like flat on my back i thought oh that didn't that doesn't feel right um but i carried on finished the game and then about Two days later, I started getting um, like pains down down the side of my arm. Like, nip, like, my felt like my arm, arm was going numb, and my fingers were like were, were, were going numb. So I told the physio, and he said, um, "Go go for like a MRI." So I went for an MRI, and it it turned out I had um, prolap I had a prolapsed disc in my neck. Um, yeah, so I was I had to be really Careful for the remainder of the season. Um, I still played, but I was on. I was on almost like a. I would play and then not train till like the Thursday. Train a little bit, and then play again the following the following game. Um, so I, I was almost like that to the end of the season. I remember going into um, me and Cads went to. They they had like a uh, like an oxygen oxygen chamber in Swindon where uh, I think Cad's mentioned it where he had his injury. I I went in there with him and, and it was just to like to try and take away the pain from from my neck from where I'd had my um, prolapsed disc. Um, so that would be me for the week, and I was playing the game on the Saturday, um, and I did that till pretty much to the end of the season. I ended up missing a couple of games actually because it was it got too much. Um, I missed. Um, Miss Gillingham away, which was that infamous game where you had your um your uh, uh, what were they the, the the magnificent seven or the five <laughs> that um, that were made the that made the back pages of the paper or the front pages of the S- Swindon Advertiser. Um, yes, yeah, so I missed that game. Now and I thought I wonder if I wonder if people were uh, assuming that I was one of the the, the, the fire that went. and obviously that was never me I was never one of those players that had that um but yeah that was a I'm sure I'm sure you've had had the story of that one and uh yeah so i i, I was I was um struggling with that towards the end of the season and I would be like I say just train and, and just and just play the games really and that was all the way to the end of the season what a fantastic end of the season that was again one of my highlights of of, of being at the club really that um, the uh, Port Vale game There were three games that I associate you
0: with Swindon Town Um, two I was there one I wasn't the the first one was, was the Cheltenham game which I wasn't there because I was moving from Newcastle down to Bristol that day and it was just great because you know, Cheltenham were a bit of a bogey team for us, and it was a big game, and it was a perfect way to really get over the Oxford loss a week before. Um, and the second of those three games was the Port Vale one, which you know, five nil, but it 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 took a while to get going, but when it did, it they just it just was one of the best feelings I've had at the county ground because it was relief. It was everything that we'd been promised at the start of the season because Decanio was not, you know, a, a watertight appointment. He was an exciting name, um, but he didn't offer us any guarantees. And he started quite poorly. Well, Swindon started quite poorly, but that game, full ground, weather was a bit rubbish, but you guys got to, I mean, I remember you had your daughter with you when you're doing the lap of honour and things like that. And it was just a great day as soon as Richie scored that first goal.
3: Yeah, no, it was a like I say, it was a it was a it was a, a real um, a real proper way to, to win a, a win a championship, wasn't it? Yeah, um, uh, you know, like I say it, it wasn't great weather, but I think once um, once Matty smashed in that one from about twenty yards, it was um, it sort of turned and, and we got we got a bit of confidence from it, and um, yeah, it, it was. Um, as you say one of the ones you meant you 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 think about with me when when you mention that game it's it's one I think about for myself as, as for Swindon when I you know that's one of my standout games for the club really um I think the manner of how we won the goals that we scored I think one of them that I scored I, I was that, one of my I mean I didn't score great goals that wasn't me I wasn't I, I consider myself more of a great goal scorer, not a scorer of great goals, but that was one of the ones I was I was really pleased with. Like the way it was a great team goal and then a, just a little dink over the over the keeper. Um I think that made it three nil. And then um yeah, got another one straight after and then Flinty and, and Alan rounded it rounded it off. Um so it was just a yeah it was just a great day. Um really really good day. And I had my like had my daughter there and I had my son. Um my son was born in Swindon. Um at Swindon uh, Swindon general where where it is um and that, he had uh when we we played um, uh, crew away. So we played crew away. I think we got beat 2-1. Yeah. 2-0 possibly. Yeah, we, we we lost um, 2-0. We didn't we got... 2-0. Yeah. They were a good team actually, crew that year. They 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 beat us and they deserved to beat us. We had um, that was uh, what's his uh, Jonathan Tohu's debut tournament. well. Yeah, we weren't we weren't mentioned, but um, yeah. So then we we played there and then. I ca- we came back at the, the night and I got back to my house probably about half eleven something like that. And literally, as I walked in the door, the missus was like, I think I think I'm I'm, I'm ready to drop. I was like, so we got in uh literally got picked packed the stuff and went to swindon general and then my boy was born um on the sunday probably about nine o'clock ten o'clock um the next day uh and i phoned pat i phoned paolo because so i said to the missus she she was i said um i'll try and get tomorrow off um be with- yeah you know where this is going um and she was like seriously i said yeah i said uh i said uh, you we you know my son's just been born he'll, he'll, he'll understand um so i phoned him up i said oh uh, Paolo, um my missus um she gave birth to um my son last night he said oh congratulations see you tomorrow and put the phone down i was like well that's that's answered that then i I'm, I'm not gonna phone him back and ask him now um so yes yeah, so that was that and then uh, i don't know whether you've so I don't know, but this is another story with him and um, with, with me and my son. So we had Chesterfield we, we in the JPT, didn't we? And mm. we got beat. And uh, again, it was another one of them games where we just didn't turn up. Um, and he had us all in the, the morning. Uh, no, it wasn't the... Su- no, did we play on a Sunday? Was it a Sunday? Yeah. The final, yeah. yeah. So we he had us in on the Monday. Um, and as usual with, 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 with Paolo, we, he would have... Uh, an analysis session, like a post-match sort of analysis, and he would he would have run through all the clips where we should have been better, and they would they would almost be chronological in in players' names, and you'd go through and you'd watch, and he'd and he'd hammer you if you you know this is this is what you should have done better. So we had that, and then after that, he he pulled he pulled me aside, and said, um, and this was about so this would have been what uh, end of March, mm-hmm. the JPT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my, my boy would have been like two weeks old. And he called me aside and said, Um, you, you look uh, you look tired. You've looked tired the last couple of games. Um I said, Okay. Um he said, um, don't uh, don't stay not one thing, don't stay in, in your house with, the, with your with your baby. Or he did not it, it was more I don't want this to say like this was a, a demand, it was a advice, it was Paolo's advice. It was he said, um, "Don't stay in your house with your with your wife and child because you won't get any sleep." Um, and he said, "When you when you do go and visit 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 him, he said um, to help you, uh, you can get fitness with it. So when you're holding the baby, you can hold him and do and you can do squats as well with your baby with the baby. So you're getting you're getting fitness while you're holding the baby." Um, and I'm thinking, this, I mean, I. Did, I mean, he's obviously dedicated to his to his job but that that's too much for me he said for, for one i haven't i've got nowhere else to stay i'm not a premiership player who's got houses he can go and you can go and stay at so there was not never an option where i could go and stay in another house anyway um and two the last thing i want to think about when i'm holding my, my son he's um he's doing squats so that was like that was me that was the, the one of the first moments I thought this this guy is like his his mentality is, is on another level really he's so elite that he's, he he thinks about these things which is well above what what you know us players would ever think about
1: that is uh, mad league one yeah no, that takes us quite nicely to.
0: The pre-season of 2012-2013 and the reason why I say that is because I think I, I'm i not going to pretend and I never do that I didn't pretend uh, that I didn't enjoy 2011-2012. It's championship winning season. We don't see many of those at Swindon so I enjoyed it very much but I always had this sort of niggling doubt concern which had nothing to do with football. I just I just didn't like his politics which is my, you know, which is on me, and, and 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 you know, I don't change my opinion simply because they 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 become associate with Swindon Town Football Club, but it was always there. And in the summer of of twenty twelve, a few things happened that, although it might not be like I I, I wasn't like angry, it just made me think. I mean, there was the Bowden situation before with Paul Bowden's exit and Billy Bowden's exit as well. But then three, two or three first team players just went. Just, just went, and it was, and it was, it was the recklessness of it. So, I, the ones I highlight really are Alan Coddle, um, Jonathan Smith, who were both mainstays. Whether people thought they were good enough for League One is, is irrelevant. It was just the fact that they were contracted and just let go, paid off, begone, oh. which, which is really reckless way to manage a football club. Ticiano and above, and then, of course it was the Paul Caddis situation, our captain, you know, who who had a child and suffered the same advice I think but his his reaction to it caused probably a little bit more um, friction which which ultimately ended cadiz's first at winning although he was on the books for quite some time after like yourself I mean you you start the season at the club but as, as somebody in the dressing room is that does that not it doesn't not make you go. Well, hang on. What's going on here? These are the guys that got us promoted. Why are we just churning through them? Does that
3: make you feel uneasy? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, alarm bells for me started when um, in between off season, probably about two three weeks before we were due to report back for for our season in in League One. Um, Paolo called me and said um, just to let you know you're you're not going to be first choice forward next year i said okay he said yeah we're going to strengthen we're going to bring new players in um i said i said no problem i said i i never can i never, never consider myself as, as first choice anyway so that's not a problem he said yeah well we're going to be bringing in, uh you know players who are going to strengthen that position so i just wanted you to know you're not going to be first choice which i thought was strange considering um he He doesn't know he didn't know how I was going to come back to the next season um I could have come back and been well firing on all cylinders and then you know he he's- kind of like he'd made his mind up with his his new signings um and and, and that was that he would made his mind up and they were gonna play and um i was i was gonna be involved but I wouldn't be first choice but I was never you know that, that was never my mindset anyway I was always one who would look to um you know earn his place in the team first and foremost and that was never never an issue so that was the that was the initial alarm bells um and then like you say yeah players move on but you you get you get used to that um even if you think it's a strange decision you just you get on with it it's not your job um and i've always felt that the manager makes these decisions and you and you get on with it um so that was that was the case with that and uh yeah, we, we we went we went to um we went to Italy for two weeks. I mean the calibre of player that came in what was was a strong I mean you had James Collins who came in, Andy Williams, Gary Roberts, um Tommy Miller, Alan Navarro, these, these were good players. Jay McKevley, these were good players who were coming in. And so as 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 a person like me, I was I was all for getting good players into the club and, and it was it was clear that the ambition was to go again and and the players that were coming in were were, were an intent that we, you know, were signaling that intent that we were, we were going to go for it again. So I was all for that, you know, as a player, the one thing you want to do is, is achieve success and, and and play as high as you can. So I was, I was ready for that. I was ready for the battle to, to play in the, in the team. Um, And then um, the preseason fixtures come around you like say there was there was um, there was a some real friction, a bad atmosphere between Cads and and the Gaffer. Um, you could tell from pretty much day one of pre-season, Cads was unfit, and I'm sure. Well, he has said, you know, he's taken. I think he's accepted his part in 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 that. But Cads is Cads, Cads. Having known Cads now from when I first joined, what well, he's never he's never going to be someone who's going to be the you know in the best shape, and certainly not coming back from preseason. He's come back from the latest preseason, and
0: everyone's already there's been a few unflattering photographs.
3: Right. Okay. Yeah. See, that doesn't surprise me. But that's you know that's that's Cads, um, and that's how he is. And and but the one thing you do know you're going to get from Cads is you're going to get a committed player who will eventually. Get to a fitness base which is good enough to be able to play at, at the level, and he's and he's not stupid. He knows he knows how you know he knows he needs to get fit, and he and um, he, you know, but uh, the thing I liked about Cads is he didn't didn't hide behind excuses. He came back pre season, and to be fair, I don't think the gaffer needed to say. I think a few of the boys were like, "You, you look, you don't look fit." You don't, like he was struggling in the running. And it, obviously, it turned out that he had had this conversation, which we didn't, which I didn't know about, and I don't think many of the players knew about. He had this conversation with the gaffer, um, and it hadn't gone well. Um, and I think he was he was annoyed and upset as well, which probably contributed to his his testing in in, in the pre season really, and his and his attitude. And uh, I think he could have he could have if, if he thinks of, if he did it again, he might, whether he would have done it differently and just got on with it and just got his head down but um, yeah that wasn't really Cads um, so it came to a head that really like I say there was a bit of friction in, all through pre-season when we went away to Italy there was a couple of um, comments from, from Cads during pre-season to the gaffer um, and then we got back and we played Palace um, and I don't care whether you're a fit Paul Cadiz or an unfit Paul Cadiz or if you play against Zaha you're going to have you're going to have difficulties because um, he's because he's just a wonderful player um, so he has a he has a tough time I remember it I remember him having a tough time in that game um, and next day the gaffer uh, has has a has a proper and when I talk about that that time it reminded me of that time when I got dug out in front of everyone by Steely after that back hill at Oxford, he got, he got crucified. And I never, as a player, I never had a problem with the manager giving a player a dressing down about performances on the pitch. I think you get paid, you put yourself out there, you take what the, what the manager says, because at the end of the day, you're not the one who's going to get sacked from having a poor performance. He, He is. So I think, this is my own personal opinion and other people may disagree. I think you take what the manager says to you about your performance on the pitch. That's just, that's just my personal opinion. What I also don't agree with is um, it going beyond a performance on the pitch. And when it becomes personal, when, when it's nothing to do with, with football and they couldn't, and and I can see there can be a, a conflict where, what it, what it does got to do with football because, your personal life and your and your professional life are they they're kind of connected, and then and you need to be, you need to be professional both on and off the pitch. But when you, I think there's a line. There's got to be a line for me when you value. We talk about your values, the value brought up and honesty, you know, truth, uh, uh, loyalty. I think there has to be a line where if it's crossed, something something needs to be said. Um, and and that line got crossed for me. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with with saying I think that line's been crossed. Mm. And w- was it the right? Yeah, I, th- I think it was the right thing. I think. Had I, I think if I have, I've said no, nah, I don't think. I don't think that's right. You are digging him out for being torn a new one by Wilfred Zaha. I think that's different because I think that's football. And if the manager wants to say that, then fair enough. But I think. Um, I think when you start mentioning. Uh, like family and, and other things. I, 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 having having had a daughter and, and a son myself, and my, obviously my missus, I it felt it felt to me as a bit bit too personal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't think, um, and other and, and I wasn't the only one. I think others felt the same. I think I think to be fair, the majority of the squad felt felt the same. Sure. I think like they sure. we we all sat there and thought, nah, this is this ain't right. Um, and and I was and I was and I was uh, close with Cads. Not saying that if if it was someone else and it wasn't close with I don't think I would have I would have said that. But I was close with Cads, so I got on well with him, yeah. um, and I think he deserved probably a little bit more, uh, not respect, but. Uh, I, think, I don't think you deserve to be. If, if you're going to do that, do it one one on one, not yeah. in front of everyone. Yeah, he was like captain. Um, I think that was you know, yeah. He, he, he was bloody yeah. brilliant in in
0: 2011, 2012, and... well, he,
3: well, well, he wasn't captain for long after that. I'll tell you that no. was because he had it taken away from him straight away, <laughs> and that was and that was a tough one because almost in that um almost in that meeting, he said to at Ow, "Out, you're you're like literally in that meeting." So he shit cads of it and he said, Maca, you're the new captain. So and and, and I think Macker like he was he was like, well. He took it, but I don't think he was comfortable doing it. I've got to be honest. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting because,
0: you know, I, I, I genuinely believe that Paul Caddis is hugely proud of um being the very few captains to have to have lifted a, a league trophy for Swindon. And he is the only footballer the Swindon have had to have won two leagues because when we were great in the 80s we were winning the playoffs we won division right, four yeah. and then we went up through the playoffs he's the only right. Swindon player in 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 football league history to have won two league titles with with the club and he's he's right, tremendously okay. and I know he's tremendously proud of that too we'll, we'll go back to the season for yourself because I mentioned there were three games that I said and I don't and, I, and, and my the games that I look to when it comes to Paul Benson isn't the Wigan game as I said to you it's the Cheltenham game because it was a personal day for me because I moved from from the north um the Vale game because it was a bloody good one the third game that I associate I think of uh, you as soon as I think of the game is the Brighton game in the cup which is the following season because that is one of the few times in my adult life that I have naively started to think to myself Bloody hell are we going to do it again? Are we finally going to get to the championship because we uh, i don 't care if it was the league Cup. We tore Brighton a new one for about thirty forty minutes of that game. We, we looked incredible and and for much of that season, it looked like i mean if tecanio didn't didn 't leave I. Definitely feel that we would have gone up um, as as automatics instead of ending up in the playoffs after fading away. But that Brighton game again, nice August evening weather, TV. Dennis Wise is there who managed Swindon briefly, so he's getting stick as, as a pundit. And it just and then it just clicked. I mean, they had people like Vicente playing, and it was just it we just absolutely
3: trounced them. Yeah, well, that was a weird one though, Rich, wasn't it? Because that was a cup game, wasn't it? But that was our first game of the season. I, so I don't know why that was the case. You might know more than me, but I don't know why that cup game was our first game of the season. They just dabbled uh, with it at that
0: one time, didn't they? They didn't know what to right. do with it, did they? Probably yeah. maybe a maybe World Cup, Giro's year, I don't know. But they, they, they do that from time to time with the with the League Cup, don't they?
3: Yeah right. So that was our first game of the season, and like I say, that we after all the turbulence of pre-season, I started that game. I think it was me and um, me and Willow started up top. Yeah. Um, and we, it was a nil-nil first half, quite a cagey first half, really. We 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 had a game plan. Um, the gaffer wanted us to sit off first forty-five, just because he knew they like to play. So we we sat off quite a lot. Um. And then he said, go into the game and then we'll, 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 second half, we'll, we'll, we'll be a bit more adventurous. So that was the game plan and it, and it worked to a T, to be honest. Um, we had a free kick, we had a free kick routine, which no word of a lie, we, we worked on in training and it came off when we'd done it. Um, all right, to be fair, it was a, a, a pub team in Italy that we played when we played out when we was out there when it came off against them. Then we played, um, I don't know whether it's Western Supermare or uh, Salisbury or someone in pre-season when we did it and it came off again. And it, it, it was uh, we got a free kick just outside the box. Can't think who got brought down, but it was prime position to do this free kick again. Now, the free kick was, um, I think it was Tommy Miller into Rafa. Or the Alan Navarro, who would turn around the corner to Matt Matt Ritchie, would make this run from the from the uh, from the wall. He would release from the wall, and he'd make his run round. So it'd be in turn around the corner, and Matty would finish. And um, and I would just pick up pieces if anything was dropping around. So we'd done it into I don't know whether it was Raf or or I don't know who turned it around the corner, but it was in Matty had a heavy touch, so he was supposed to touch and finish, but he had a really heavy touch, and it came to me. And, and I was just right in front of the goalkeeper and, and and put it away. But that was never the routine. I was never supposed to be a part of it. But because Matty had such a heavy touch, um, I was the one who ended up being beneficiary of it. And I don't know whether that, that made it look like that was supposed to be routine. But but Matty was the one who was supposed to put it away. But that that put us one nil up. And I think um, I think NAB's got two, didn't he? A um, couple of decent goals to make it three nil. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great start. And then we went away to uh, Hartlepool, didn't we, for the first game of the season, and, and drew nil nil. I think Tommy missed a penalty with the last ten minutes of the game. Um, and we drew nil nil. And uh, yeah, we 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 started okay that that season. I think we played. Um, I remember we played Burnley in the next round. I scored in I scored in that one. Then we had. Uh, we went, uh, we played uh, Carlisle, did we? Or we, we had a, well, we had a run of games. I, I I was in and out, really. I got injured for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, didn't play MK Dons, where we won. Didn't play uh, Stoke, that game, the, the James Collins game, really, when we beat Stoke 4-3. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I think I was injured yeah. for that one. Uh, came back. And then, obviously, again, like, like Really, with what seemed to be a reoccurring theme, at that start of that season, we went to Preston, didn't we? And um, then we had the shenanigans with with Wes. Um, I was on the bench for then for that game. Didn't, didn't get on, and uh, yeah. Then I, I think I played a couple more, and then str- and then struggled to to get in. And then Gaffer rang, uh, Paolo rang, and uh, said, "Look, we'll, you, we we want you to go out alone." um we're going to bring i think he brought adam rooney in uh and he said we're going to bring another couple in and uh he said that you know you're going to struggle to to get games um so you you, think, you know probably best that you went out on loan and that and to be fair he, i wasn't i was I, you know i would scored a couple but i wasn't in any sort of uh proper form to warrant playing week after week um and so that was it was a pu- it was a purely football decision and it had nothing to do with and I, and I mean this it had nothing to do with what was said um, the gaffers the gaffers like he, he's he's a clever football man and if, if he knows someone's gonna gonna um, uh, you know give him what he needs on the football pitch. He's not going to cut his nose off to spite his face. This was a decision made based on football and and nothing else. And I, and I honestly believe that Um, I wasn't, I wasn't playing anywhere near consistently enough to be picked week in, week out. Um, So yeah, that had had nothing, had nothing to do with a caddy situation or anything. It was purely, he had players who he felt was going to impact the team more. And he had James Collins, he had Andy Williams and he had uh, Adam Rooney, um, as well, and I was probably fourth fourth choice at that point. Yeah. So, uh, so that you know that was when I uh, ended up going out to, uh, to Portsmouth. It's interesting, really, isn't it? Because
0: I mean, you you leave well, you play your last game in late twenty twelve. But you're still with the club technically until the end of the well, May twenty fourteen, aren't you? And you, you spend yeah. all of that time out on loan. You Portsmouth first. Portsmouth with respect to them, huge club, but they were a basket case at that moment in yeah. time. And then Cheltenham, which is a lovely favour to them, you do well there. And then you have that fantastic loan spell with Luton, which which turns into a permanent one eventually. I mean was that was that simply a case of that you could have gone earlier or was it just a case that you your contract was quite good at Swindon so it was just a case of just getting loan moves or did you could could that have been done
3: quicker um yeah no it was probably for for one really it was it was tough because I went to Portsmouth was happy to stay there but I got pulled but I got pulled back because um Portsmouth weren't, like you say, they weren't in a great shape, and they were. I think they were, they were paying a fraction of what of what I was earning at, at Swindon. I don't know the finger figures, Rich, but they were probably paying less, less than sort of twenty percent of what my, my 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 weekly salary was. Wow. So the gaffer said, I think he he actually said at the time we're not a charity case. Do you know what I mean? If if they want him, you've got to pay the money, and and but Portsmouth just couldn't pay um, they weren't in a position they were in administration I think and were struggling big time and the annoying thing for me when I look back is um, when I went back I thought let's try and let's try and get back in that was my mindset let's try and get back in the team so there was about a month possibly from coming back from Portsmouth and going out to to Cheltenham and I, I went to Cheltenham a day or two possibly before Paolo went, um, it was that close because Runes, Luke Rooney, also was going go to go to Cheltenham on loan. He went he went down, I'd been down there for a couple of days, and then Runes came down and he was going to join on loan as well. And that was right on the time when Paolo left and they called Runes back because he, the paperwork wasn't signed. And then I don't know if you remember, but Marlon Pack was going to go the other way that was part of the part of the deal really. I was gonna to go to Cheltenham and then Swindon were gonna get Marlon on, on, on loan. So I'd signed my deal and I was there, I was a Cheltenham player to the end of the season, and then two days later uh, Paolo went. And I remember Runes was was in a similar situation to me. Paolo wanted him out, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna play. And all of a sudden Paolo's gone and Runes is now back in the te- back in like the squad almost. And I just thought, well had I have not gone, that could have been me because then Kevin McDonald come in, didn't he? Um, and obviously I was out on loan for that season. But we made the playoffs, um, Cheltenham. We lost uh, to Northampton in the playoff semi, and then Swindon had theirs the next the next day. So I, remember I went to the county ground for the first leg against Brentford. Uh, one all was it? Was it? Yeah, one all? They,
0: we were we were robbed in that first leg. We should have won that comfortably. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, went, I went, yeah, So I, was, I went to that one. I went to watch that one. And then um, so we had uh, we had Northampton the day before Swindon had the second leg. We had our second leg against Northampton. I was going to play that one and then go off on holiday because my missus and the kids had gone already. They went out to Spain because their um, parents had got a place out there. So we were going to stay out there. So they went out early and then I was going to play the game. If we if we if we won and got to Wembley, I was obviously going to stay. But if we lost, I was going to go straight out on on, on the Monday or something. Um, so we lost, and then I went back. And I I, to be, I, I was living in um, in Swindon, like the old town, but down by uh, the is it the, the Marriott Hotel down by the big roundabout there. There's like a, and I was so I was living there at the time. And I my next door neighbour was a big Swindon fan, a guy a guy called Brian season ticket holder um and i came back and he and uh he he knocked on my door and said oh sorry uh, sorry to see you lost yesterday um we we go uh, we're gonna watch the game at, like at mine Swindon game the second leg do you want to come come over so i went i went to the next door and we watched it together and it was like um it was a good it was a deep, I really enjoyed it, it was a really good game. Like we were sitting there with Swindon Town season ticket holder. He was, he was an older guy, like not, not not old, old, but you know, probably about 50s, 60s. And he was like proper edgy of seat. Uh, he, he was loving it. And uh, I was sitting there with him thinking, yeah, like I'm playing, I'm a Swindon player. We're playing in a, a a you know a playoff semi-finals, get into the championship. I'm I'm sitting at his house and he's like we're both we're both cheering the team on, and it was just um, yeah, it was, dis- it was um, disappointing, in wasn't it, with the penalties and and, and whatnot, and um, it was it was gutting. Yeah, I felt I felt for I felt for the for the players because obviously they were you know teammates, and um, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, uh, but, that, but that that said, I, I actually came back to the club for, for the end of that uh, for or for the new pre season with with Kevin McDonald. but obviously then. We had all those shenanigans with um jed McCrory and Lee power coming in and that just that was a well, we haven't got enough time I don't think to go into all that, but that was an absolute <laughs> disaster. it was seriously because um, I, I, I think kev was was kev McDonald was happy for me to to, to stay and, and and be part of his squad. But um, but Lee Power was, was having none of it. Um, um, I remember him calling me into his office. There was me and about four others. Probably not, well, yeah, definitely me, me, Runes, uh, Cads, uh, Navarro, Roberts. I think. Well, individually, I remember us sitting at the county ground, one after the other. So we're literally lined up outside his office, and we're called in one by one, and 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 the conversation. I won't go all into it all, but it was a it was along lines of look, you're on your contracts too much, you're on too much, you've got to go. Um, we we can't sustain what what you're on. Uh, we we you've, you've literally got to go. Like we, we we're actively seeing, try, seeking to try and get you out now. You you can't. You we can't afford to pay you anymore. Um, which was which was disappointing because um, because i actually i actually really it was one of the first clubs i, I i'd been at where i'd been surrounded by by the club um, and by that i mean having played at uh, Dagenham redbridge cholton i i'd I never lived in the in the in the town. I'd, I'd travel, I'd, I'd commute from 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 my base uh, in in Essex, and I'd go to the ground, and I'd only ever be at the ground to play the game, really, and and train. But I actually lived in Swindon. I'd, I'd moved with the with the kids, and and it was one of the first clubs I'd been at where, um, pretty much in the town, ev- everyone was a Swindon fan. Really, it felt that way anyway. Um, and it was just a, I, I just enjoyed that that element of it really. Um, so when you're told like you've got to go, it, it was a bit yeah I was a bit disappointed because I came back that that year and, and thought under under Kevin McDonald let's give it another go. I, I was I was I was uh, looking forward to to, to doing that. Um, and then I think Kev went quite early on in pre season. I think it was a case of he 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 had picked a squad to play a pre-season friendly and I was part of it and a few others who needed to go. And I think he was told in no uncertain terms, um, not to pick the players that, that were, uh, that had been asked to leave. Um, and I I don't think he was too, too happy with, with being, being told who, who he could, who he could pick in his, in his, in his teams and, and who he couldn't. So that was the, I think that was the end of, of, of Kev. But yeah, it was, um, so that, it was a strange like month or two until I actually ended up getting the move to Luton, really. I remember we weren't allowed to train with the with the first team, which I never really get. I don't understand that, you know, like there was me, cads. I think uh, Gary Roberts went quite early. I think Nav's Alan Navarro went quite early. And then there was really just me, cads and uh runes really. So we were we had to train with the eighteens. And then when the 18s weren't training, we would literally, I think for me and Cads for a week to get fit because we weren't allowed in in with the first team. Um, we would go to David Lloyd's in Swindon and play tennis to get fit, and that was the only way we could really get fit. We used to go, we used to go in there in the morning, have a couple of sets of tennis, go in the outdoor pool, have a swim, and that was our that was our pre-season really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know, it's bizarre. We did that for we literally did that for a week and then they had like a have you ever been to the David Lloyd in Swindon? No, no, I haven't. Uh, no. They've got like an app at the back they've got like a um like an indoor football pitch. So we do a little bit of training there as well. And that yeah, that was us for like um and then Cads I think went before me. I think Cads went to Birmingham, he got he got um where I think he went there on loan he, for a season. And he went about a couple of weeks before I did. So then I was literally stuck for a, a week on my own while I, still he had phoned me, actually, probably about uh, a month into that pre-season and said, look, what's going on? I've heard that uh, that he must have had his ear to the ground and everything, but he, he, he said, I heard you've got you've, got, you've got me moved on. Like, we want to bring you into Luton. So I, I, I had about a week of just nothing because I couldn't train at the club. The 18s uh, weren't weren't training, um, so I had nothing until I went to went to Luton really, and then I joined them on a on a on, on loan for a season. Uh, I think the season had already started. I think they you were know, about four games in, and I went I joined them, and um, yeah, that was that was the end of that really, and that was that took me to the end of my my Swindon contract. So that that year that I was on loan uh, at Luton was um, yeah was the, was the end of was the end of that really um that was that was my career done at swindon now Richie, finds ferry beaten away by colgan oh it's loose it's Ferry again
0: and that has surely sealed swindon's place in round two you have a great season in the National League with Luton Town, who have been down there frustrated for a few years, and then you are a part of a, a, a free-scoring Luton team. I think Andre Gray scores most of the goals, but you chip in with well, twenty odds. You know, maybe just a bit less in, in the league, but you know, perfect. A great season that turns into. I mean, at this stage, I mean, are you. I, I mean, I, I want to talk to you in depth about your career but time isn't on our side and what you have there is you have your last hurrah in the football league with Luton really where you are I mean you back up really at that stage but happy to be so
3: yeah no fantastic times um like a proper proper club Luton um you know there's it, it was a it was a fantastic club to join they were they were at their lowest, really i've got to be honest you could feel it it was a it was a club that that needed lifting out of where they were um i think they'd been in they'd wrong they'd wrongfully been relegated to the to the national league to start um with with the points deduction and I think they kind of had a feeling that they'd be there for a year and then be up a bit like Oxford, really when Oxford went down, they thought we'll be here for a year and then we'll get straight back up. It's, it won't be a problem. Um, but, but they'd been in there for, I think they'd been in there four years, Lugan, when I, before I joined and, uh, proper supporters, proper football people, but they were at the end of their tether. You could feel it. You really could. Um, my first game was away at Kidderminster. Um, we won two 0 fairly comfortable. And then we had and the, my first home game was um, I think it was Grimsby at home. And uh, you, you, as a player, you 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 quite well. I was always quite quick to pick up on a on the on an atmosphere in a, in a ground. And the atmosphere at the at Kenilworth Road um, in that game was. Um, like uh it was, if you, if if the team aren't playing well, after about twenty five minutes, there was size. You used to get loads of just size. Like, oh, here we go again. Like, the, the 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 fans were just so. I think they were just so pissed off with being let down, time after time, that it was just a okay. case. And and it, it probably wasn't their fault. It was just like. I can, I can totally see where they having been a supporter of myself. They can just see where they were coming from. It's like, Oh, here we go again. Like there was no malice in it, but they were just like this, this, these players like, Oh, like This not, this not what we're used to. You could you could tell that they have been used to seeing, watching some great players, you know, like Ricky Hill, Mick Harford, um, you know, Brian Steen, um, these, 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 these real top-class players that they've been used to watching, and now they're being served up like. Um, look, I'm not being national league football, and I'm not I'm not, I'm not disrespectful because that's the level that I've I've been in. But you know what I'm saying about the supporters who are used to seeing better, and that's the that's the sort of the the the, the mode they were in. Um. And that was really difficult to, to turn around, but we we, we managed it. Um, again, the, the 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 genius of of, of Stilly and his, and how he can um, bring a bring a a community together. It wasn't he had he had a tough challenge because he didn't have to just bring a team together, a group of players together. He had to he had to bring a whole club together. He had to get the, the supporters on side. He had to get the backroom staff on side. He had to bring the whole club back together because it was it was fractured. Um, so fair play to him. Um, once he'd done that, once he'd got everyone on side and he'd got the, the, the fans, I don't know how he did it, but he got the fans believing that stick with these players and eventually things will turn. Because these were a, these are an honest bunch of players, and they were. I mean, we had Smudger. Uh, Smudger was was a was a pivotal player in the middle midfield. Um, you had uh, Luke Guttridge, who was a good player. He'd he played football league for for for, for Aldershot, Northampton, um, a few others. Um, you obviously, had Andre, who was who was raw, but a good player. Um, Steve Mcnulty, centre half. Ronnie Henry, who was, who was a steamage, um, real good, real good pro. So we had a good, we had a good group of players and it just, it was just about getting the fans to, to believe in these players a little bit more. Um, yeah. and to be fair, it, they did. And we went, um, we had like a, I think it was a 20, we talk about our nine game winning run at Swindon. We had a 26 game unbeaten run, which pretty much won us the league to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah we we won it we won it a, we won it a Canter to be fair um and and the net the following season in the football league we um a bit like Dagenham, really we blew we were doing really well um up until uh just after christmas we were in the in the playoffs or top certainly around the top 4 and then we we we, we threw it away a little bit um towards the end of the season our form was was poor which we, sh- we should have actually Gone back to back with with the players we had and, and the team we had in that we should have gone back to back, but we um, we blew it and we ended up um, finishing eighth, uh, one one spot outside the playoffs. Um, so that yeah that was disappointing. And then the following year, um, I think Steely broke 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 the mould and in, in, in the type of players that he was he was signing, um, he 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 had a way of playing. And he was very effective in the way we played. It was it was it was tinkered with slightly from the Dagenham side that I played under to the to the Luton side. Now we played a lot a lot more football um, than what we did back in those days. But he then we then started signing um, players like you know, Paddy McCourt. You know Paddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Fant- yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic player. What, what one of the best players that I've ever trained with in terms of his ability. But. Um, he just wasn't he wasn't a lead two player um so, and then we had these sort of players coming in players who would come from a higher level and, and dropping in and it was and it was just wasn't suited to, to John still type of um management and football um and we struggled we we struggled in that in that third year um and then still he ended up um ended up getting um getting sacked and um and uh Nathan Jones came in um and he's he's all about high octane high pressing high intensity football and at 30 35 I was at the time um I just couldn't do it my body couldn't do it I couldn't high press um I wasn't um you know I I, I couldn't deliver the intensity in the press that he was looking for and um he was honest with me to be fair he was he was he was really honest he said look the way I'm going to play it's not going to be for you um, so I, I, I ended up leaving at the end at the end of that year, which was the which was at the end of my contract anyway. Yeah,
0: I think with John Steele, it's a case that although he was there a year after, John Steele is 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 it almost felt like Luton Town had cottoned on to what they needed to do to get out of non-league, and that was to appoint somebody who knows non-league, who who could do what needs to be done. It may not have been pretty, whatever, but it did the job, and then. You get you out of that you get your year in League Two, you've got that, that's yours. Luton were probably wanting to go to the next level at that stage. And John Steele, again with respect, probably wasn't the man to take him to the next level, but he did exactly very important name really in modern history for Luton because he did what Braben and, and Money couldn't do before that, and that was to get them up. But what was next was you sort of move around a little bit because you, I mean, Exwindon player Luke Garrard takes you to Borehamwood, and then you end up, well, you went to Dagenham before that. You returned back to them in the National League. Then you went to Bentford in the Southern League for a few years, and then that takes you to now, but you are now retired.
3: Yeah, yeah, finished um, last season was my was my first season of not playing so I had um yeah so after leaving Luton it was like um literally just I went back to Dagenham I again one of my one of my regrets I don't have many but I, I went back to Dagenham I wanted to get um I wanted to get to 100 goals I I left on 84 um and I thought that's that was my that was my, my my aim when I went back to Dagenham I thought can I get to 100 goals um I ended up getting um to 92 uh, I was there for a year. I thought I, I thought I might have stayed for a second, but in the end, age was catching up on me. So yeah, regret that I didn't get to a hundred for, for Dagnum. I got to ninety two, so happy enough for that. Yeah, went wood. Didn't really work out there. I was getting like I, say, I was thirty thirty eight by then. Without they were part time. Um, I struggled with the with the lack of training for my body, and uh, yeah, didn't didn't really impact games much while I was there. And then yeah, just really like um ended up just, just playing for for the for the fun really. Went um went to Bedford, which is local to me where I'm where I'm living. And uh then then put on my put on my other hat really of of, of of coaching and uh I went there as a as a player coach um and got a taste of what uh of coaching senior football. While I was also when I left Luton, as soon as I left the academy manager rang and said, Look, uh, do you wanna do you want to come back and coach in the academy? So I was coaching the under 13s at Luton while I was playing at, at, at Dagenham and Bournewood. um, only on a part-time basis. So, yeah. Um, and that was really started starting my coaching career. So I, I, I left Bedford, um, play coach to go full time at Luton, which is where I am now working with the under 18s, um, at Luton. And that's, that's, yeah, that's the next, the next stage really is, um, is coaching and uh, building up experience and um, and and then see where see where that takes me really I'm, and I'm really enjoying it it's not it's not playing but it's certainly f- it fills um, my my appetite for football and it and it, it's a real you know it's a really good next uh, next best thing really um, and I'm enjoying it and it's it's, it's 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 really interesting to see where that where that's going to take me in many ways I
0: find that football coaching is just as cutthroat as trying to maintain a professional football career that like when I've spoke to players in the past that are coaching it's just you know there's the there's even though there's probably more roles than there ever has been in some form of academy center of excellence um, first team what have you And one minute you could be riding high and the next minute you'll be you'll be looking around for other bits and pieces. But I guess that's what you've spent your whole career doing in football and therefore you're 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 able to adapt to that. But you've got to now look at these fresh faced 18 year olds and try and convince them that you're not there yet. You've you've still got probably five more years, including pro contracts before you know success doesn't come with your first contract it comes with getting into the team and building from there on in doesn't it
3: yeah and no, i think i'm um, i totally agree with you, rich and i think i'm in a i'm in a, a good position to be um to, to 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 give my experiences through to these players um one in the fact that you know just because you're a, you're a, you're a scholar at a club doesn't mean that you're going to be a pro, um, and I'm and I'm living proof of that. Um, but two, at the same time, if someone tells you you're not good enough at 18, it doesn't mean you're going you're not going to be good enough at 21, 22. So I think I've I'm I'm, I'm, I'm through my experiences, I can um, I can I can pass on that that knowledge and wisdom to the players that I'm working with, and I have done. I say to them, look one thing i i try and point out is um, the game the game w- will never owe you anything no matter and i and i found that out is you, the, this game doesn't owe you anything you you if you make it as a pro you will spend your entire career proving or trying to prove that you should be here and you will never from the day from your first game to your last game convince everyone that you should be pro as a uh, playing as a pro and, I, and that is the feel and that's a feel I get and that's a feeling a lot of pros get you will always pr- try and prove that you're capable of playing and, and that doesn't and now for me that doesn't change whether you're a league 2 player or a, a Premier League player yeah. it's always well can he do it next year or well, he's done it but can he do it next year you look at Harry Kane where he scored 30 years but 30 goals but can he score 30 goals next year and he, and that will be his mindset about proving people wrong about being able to score consistently in the Premier League. Well he scored consistently in the Premier League, but but will he ever will he ever break down the Shearer's Premier League, right? So he's got to prove that he could try and do that. And then you will always and it doesn't matter what, what what league you play in, unless you're probably Lionel Messi or Ronaldo, and even then they're proving themselves against each other you know Cristiano and Ronaldo's already always told you're not as good as Messi and Messi's probably always told you're not as good so they're always they're always proving and this is and this is the life of a footballer whether you're a league two footballer a national league footballer, you will always go through your career having to prove something so never and I say this to the eighteens never feel as though you're you're complete because you will always have to prove but on the flip side, people who try and judge you at 17 18 and tell you're not good enough don't you know that don't believe it don't believe them if you think you're good enough then keep trying to prove keep trying to prove that you are good enough and that's you know that's what you that's what you've got to do and i always say judge your success by being are you better from the start of the season to the next, to the end of the, the season if you are and you think you are then that's success whether you whether you get a professional contract or not that should be considered success
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Okay, well, we've got to wrap up now because I've kept you... I've taken away your bank holiday Monday <laughs> ruthlessly. I apologise for it, but I could happily have listened to three more hours of that. No problem at all. So we end normally with Swindon-focused questions. So very, very basic. Who who were the best players that you played alongside at Swindon? Um, I would
3: go Matt Ritchie. Uh, he would be he would be number one. Uh, I would say in the time I was there, Alan McCormack. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, and then I would probably say um, Paul Caddis. Mm-hmm. And what was your one standout game? If
0: you could pick one game from your Swindon career, which is the one that you you say that was the
3: one? <sighs> toss-up between um port val and wigan i would probably go port val purely because i played the 90 at port val and not and only 45 at wigan but they were both both unbelievable feelings at the end of the game um very difficult to uh to uh give put one over the other but a port val for a for a a 90 minute game Yeah. yeah yeah and the
0: um and the Port Vale goals weren't offside either. And <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yeah. <laughs>
0: and the final question: when you when you when someone asks you about Swindon Town or Swindon as a place, what's what's the first thing that
3: pops to mind? Just fant- uh, fantastic people. I, I, I know I said it about Luton about being, but but Swindon was the same. I, I'm I say that story about Brian and being at his and. I'm not sure many other clubs I would have said yes. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go and see. but the but he, w- he was a and I, and I and I use him as an example. But there was a lot of there was a lot of others that were just really friendly, good good football people, and they and they and they made it so easy for me to to feel a part of of that club. Like straight away, I'll always uh, remember them for that. So they're just re- for me, they're just proper. Football people who I think if you if you show willing uh, and uh, a desire for their football club, they 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 will back you and they will give you their support. And I think as 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 a player, that's all that's all you hope for. So yeah, for me, just just that is what I hold Swindon Town fans for the most. And I, and I, and, I, and I say that because even I didn't have a great part in terms of Swindon's history. I know we got promoted, um, but I wasn't a big part of their the history. But when we, we actually played Swindon when I, when I was at Luton in the, in the cup, I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I got, and I got, I got a great reception and I, and I rem, and I remember things like that. They mean a lot to me, those, those things. And I just think, well, f- for them to do that and take that time, they, cause they don't have to, cause players come and go, like they so many players come through a door at a football club through every season. I just think getting a nice reception from a club you've played at previously, um, I think that's for me that that means a lot. It means that they've they've appreciated what you what you've done at the club, um, and so that those things I think that shows to me that they're they're proper football people. Yeah, that, that's what I remember about about the club most. Paul Benson, thank you very much absolute pleasure rich really really was um it's i'm sorry i've rambled on so much but it's been it's been a real pleasure talking about it.
0: the low strangers is a swindon town podcast proudly sponsored by the stfc official supporters club the music was created by the great matthew kilford and the artwork was designed expertly by matt in singapore thanks for listening